Is this on? And welcome to another installment of the Flyer State Sports Show. This is the third episode of the series, and we are very excited to welcome you back to the show. I'm your host, Sam Long, and I am flanked by my two trusty companions, Gavin Alexander and Beans. What up? How's it going? What good vocabulary there, Sam. Well done. I thank you for (laughs) the compliment. You see, my brain locked up because when I can't read off of a script, I'm an idiot. Before we start today, folks, today's episode is sponsored by Baja Blast. It really isn't, but I'm drinking it right now because it's delicious. Please make some vodka with that. Oh, I don't have any vodka. Oh shit, (laughs) I'm too old for vodka beans. You know, once you turn 25, it's all downhill. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, everyone, we have a very interesting show for you today. Um, we're going to go through some quick hitters here first, but stay tuned. We have a way too early NFL mock draft that we'll be drafting live on this pod. None of us know any of each other's picks, so you want to stick around for that. But like I said, let's start out with the quick hitters, and let's start with the biggest story of the week, and that's Aaron Rodgers being the biggest troll in the NFL. Congratulations, sir, on your big award, and who knows what he's doing. Beans, you want to take a guess? Uh, he is staying with the Packers. Uh, after what he said about you know how he's feeling grateful for everybody, he's definitely staying with the Packers now. Um, I just really appreciate Aaron Rodgers for just completely leaning into this like villain character that he's managed to create over the past two years and I don't even think he's meant to but at this point like I can't there's no way he's not doing any of this on purpose it's just completely leaning into it and saying fuck it I'm about to retire I'm gonna have some fun with the name image and likeness I have left so good good for Aaron Rodgers but he's definitely staying in Green Bay he he is entirely too smart to uh like he's just entirely too smart to not know that that would have caused that, you know, the whole like, oh, I'm so grateful for my teammate. That that whole thing is such. Like, well, he could be grateful for his teammates, but that thing is such a like. Did facade. you catch the? There was a uh, the last image on his Instagram post was legitimately a picture of uh, Randall Cobb and Devonte Adams standing for the national anthem, which is where Aaron Rodgers usually stands. And Aaron Rodgers was not there in that picture. He was cropped yeah. out. I mean, that, yeah, that was that just don't, you know. No, he, he wasn't. I, I completely understand the whole thing of it. Um, for, for me, too, like, that Instagram post means nothing to me. He didn't, like, tag any of those dudes in it. He didn't even mention them by name. He was just like, I'm so grateful for my teammates. And then, like, just posted pictures of his teammates. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't say, like, who it was. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not Aaron Rodgers, but it's weird that, like, you know, 
if I wanted to thank you guys, I would probably say in an Instagram post, I'd like to thank my two co-hosts, you know, Gavin and Beans for, you know, doing whatever. It's, it's just weird you didn't say them by name. Did anybody hear what the uh, what uh, the general manager, what his uh, press conference was about? That's a good point. I didn't act. You know what? I'm going to look that up. My computer wants to work today. And uh, <laughs> I didn't hear anything on it. Like Twitter was quiet. So I there was nothing on that. Well, while we're while Sam's searching <laughs> for that, I guess our second thing here is the franchise tag has now, uh, I guess the window to franchise tag players has opened up. Nothing has happened, but the uh, press conference, I assumed, was going to be Devontae Adams getting announced because there's really no reason uh, that the Packers shouldn't franchise tag him. Other obvious candidates to me are like Jesse Bates in Cincinnati or maybe a Mike Williams in uh, L.A., Orlando Brown for the Chiefs. I mean, why would you have a press conference to franchise tag a player? I I mean, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem like what a general manager. Yeah, like the whole. So what I'm seeing is 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 it's a pre uh, combine um, thing. Do you you think he had? Do you think he was prepared? Like Aaron Rodgers said, "Hey, I want to go on national television." Yes. General managers like the next day, like, okay, we're gonna have a press conference this day for when he leaves, and. And now he didn't leave, and so he's just like, well, shit, we got to talk about something. I think they just wanted to have it to be prepared. Yeah. Also. That, that yeah, it, it says it's a pre-scouting combine news conference. So, I mean, sure, so I guess. Nothing <laughs> conference. That seems like something they would be doing right about now. <laughs> yeah. I Look, I don't know. I think the whole – I think it kind of comes down to this, right? Like, Aaron – I think we can safely say Aaron Rodgers is going to retire or Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Like, I don't, do you think this gonna, point do you with think the way – it, it's hard to judge. It's hard to, like, put a barometer on things. But it just feels like the way that things are rolling, it's – he's not going to just leave because he's, you know, so thankful for his teammates and he, like, has had such a good time playing, like, all this whatever. It, it doesn't – it feels more like – goodbye football not goodbye packers you know what i mean yeah right yep yep do you, do you think he got his covid shot now no <laughs> okay <laughs> <Let me know. laughs> moving but, on no. from that beans i don't think sam and i have anything nice to say about anthony hitchens but i'd let he you was a uh, player. have he your moment Super Bowl. here okay i do have some positive things he was very much a leader in the linebacker locker room and the one thing he did very good at was getting paid um he definitely made his money uh <laughs> so uh, he, i do have an idea of where he's gonna go next i think he's gonna go to the chicago bears considering the fact that they just got uh i can't re- you i can't remember his name euphoria or something i don't know they're getting they got ex, some ex-personnel guy ex-personnel in... from the cowboys who coached hitchens and also uh, oh, Eberflus. It's Eberflus. I thought you were talking about the GM, the guy no, who... Or, no, 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 that's a... Well, their GM is Casey Ties, too, yeah, so, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, he was the, like, uh, director of uh, player... Player personnel. ops or something. Yeah, and it, so, it was some. It was some weird yeah. uh, player personnel title. So, I'm locking that in right now. I'm betting a 30 rack that uh, Hitchens will be in Chicago next season. Ryan Poles, that's who it was. Ex-offensive yes, lineman I Ryan Poles. I wanted to say Pace, but that was the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that they uh, they hired a uh... – oh, no, that wasn't right. Never mind. Yeah. That, anyways, that was a joke I saw on Twitter when they were interviewing someone else. Never mind. Anyways, Ryan Poles is only 36, by the way. 
the the Chiefs are now going to be saving uh, eight point four million dollars on the uh, from cutting him. Yeah, and that's huge. They're, now their total their total cap space is up to eleven point seven million. Frank uh, Clark next. Yes, Frank Clark is yeah. definitely next on the chopping block. But... Um, unfortunately for us, um, you, I I can't remember where I saw this, but there's it it was obviously Twitter. I don't know why I say I don't know where I saw this. It was definitely Twitter. But there's something about like how we can save more money if we cut them later. But that would be like post free agency. Post-June. Yeah, it's, it's after June first. After June first, we'd save a lot more money. Um, whether they hold on to them for that long, uh, it's it's hard to say what they'll do. I mean, they could give I mean, them. A different, they could restructure them right now, right? I mean, they could they, restructure his contract. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to restructuring it and having him here. I guess. I mean, I, mean, I don't. I don't know if I want to keep Frank Clark around. To be honest, I mean. It, this is a good draft to hopefully get a pretty solid edge out of it, and whether yeah. Not. So, yeah, I'm well, also how much pretty- how much money do we save by cutting him pre June uh, one, and how much do we save by restructuring? Because that that's my thing is if it's like the same, then why don't you I just restructure and have a Frank if Clark? We let go, if we were to let go Clark and Hitchens and restructure Mahomes, uh, Chris Jones, Joe Tooney, and Travis Kelsey, we save up to forty million dollars in the cap space. So yeah, that's what they'll probably be doing. And okay. I don't think they have to tell the players that hey, we're restructuring your contract. And I think they can just text them in the morning and say, hey, you restructured by the way. So they yeah, don't... I mean, isn't that's the whole point of a homeless contract is that it gets restructured every year? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, Chris Jones, and it's so damn long that you can just keep kicking the can back yeah, down I mean... the road for freaking forever i mean your kids growing up as chiefs fans will worry about that stuff then but i mean it, yeah it, we'll be old decrepit like four not 40 but like 30 35 year old by that well, time and at that time the cap space could be up to like 400 million dollars exactly gonna like, be some astronomical number once we get the sports betting and these God, that's fucking roger goodell's wet dream right there <laughs> so, well, while billionaire we're on owners team. making even more money crazy no. <laughs> But uh, while we're on the Chiefs here, before we finish up the quick hitters, uh, do we want to touch on the Eric Bieniemy and the uh, I want to talk about Chiefs this pissing real- contest earlier this? That this week? whole story is super weird because, like, when you read the article, there's like an air of professionalism in it, mm-hmm. where like they have the editor's notes, but also an air of unprofessionalism where they have editor's notes. And there's, like, some really weird stuff about how, like, it's, like, wow, like, that's hard to, like, make up. Like, they probably do have inside info versus, like, some stuff where it's, like, I don't know about that. That seems super weird. Well, doesn't it seem weird that we haven't heard anything? I mean, they said on Sunday of the Super Bowl that the Chiefs were going to meet with Eric Bieniemy and have an answer soon on what his future is. And in that time frame, the Rams have played a game lost their offensive coordinator, retained an offensive coordinator, interviewed four coaches, retained a position coach, and lost another position coach. And yet we're still waiting on what Eric God, that's a good point. Uh, I I feel like it's the whole thing with the Brian Flores lawsuit, right? Like, you have to feel that the Chiefs don't want to, like, look super bad in this. And, I mean, like, the Chiefs are – the Chiefs are already just prone to bad press, whether it be between – Oh, it's been a hot month. It's been a hot month for February right now. Why well, I, I know it well not not weather wise out here, but you know. <laughs> We're in Kansas, um, so it's been cold. Yeah, it's been cold <laughs> as shit. 
But um, hey, we enjoyed those two days of 70 degree weather. God, that was bullshit. It just got me prepared <laughs> for warmth and then just fucked me in the ass with cold weather again. Welcome Ugh. to weather talk, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, we got the got weather. Derailed. We, um, you know, not to derail us any further, but we should have Angelica come on one time so she can actually have like a weather segment. That would actually be hilarious. We could have a weather segment. That would be fucking funny. This hey, tell us, if you're listening, text us or DM us. Um, you know who we are if you're probably listening because all we do is post these on socials. But uh, you know, if you want to hear a weather talk, uh, DM me at at all day long 15 with a capital a d and l so there you go shameless plug of twitter i was gonna say seamless seamless twitter plug and let us know if you want weather talk we can provide it you know this is a show it's not just you know a sports show we know people but um the whole thing with eric bienemy is super weird it kind of feels like they're waiting for his contract to expire and then like not do anything and i guess if you the thing is too is like if you're the Chiefs, you can just have Andy Reid be your offensive coordinator, right? Like that. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, you know, not according to that article. You know, he wasn't calling plays. No, I, I know. That. And can we get something clear? The article itself, and even like the what it was saying about there being a rift and all that stuff. The timing of that and then the Mahomes and his family stuff coming out the next day, the timing of all of this stuff has really been the most uh, like concerning and just confusing bits of this to me. Just because it seems like there's, at least within the organization, just a pissing contest of getting bad press out there or trying to save face. And that, that just doesn't feel good because you don't see that from other teams that are towards the top of the NFL currently besides here, like the Packers. Here, can I, can I say something real quick? I'm sure yeah. that there was yelling in the locker. I'm sure that always happens. These are all, you know, uh, uh, alpha males just trying to, you know, go after people and kill people on the field. And then they yeah, come to, the come and try to strategize. They're going to war <laughs> and I'm sure there is yelling. And so I, of course I'm sure Eric, the is yelling. I don't see Andy Reid as a yelling coach, but maybe he does. I don't know. But the, and when you're in that locker room, you see a different person than what's on the podium, you know, talking to the media. And I'm sure a lot of these people that don't play sports and write journalism, journals, not saying anything here, don't understand that side of football. That There's going to be cussing and there's going to be yelling. There's going to be screaming and, you know, a lot of fuck yous going around. So I don't know. Adam Scheffner yeah. would never make up non-stories beans i don't know what <laughs> by the way gavin don't think you can get away with just name dropping kamara in the middle of that sentence that was, <laughs> well, we were i heard about it the audience probably heard it <laughs> good joke okay. they're still um, laughing I, on their way to work right now <laughs> i think the uh last thing i want to put into this whole eric the enemy story is i want to you know echo what bean said i mean like you know I played a lot of football. I mean, I didn't – Beans played at a higher level than I did. I only got to high school. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, emotion in the games even in high school, and there's a lot of, you know, physicality and, you know, testosterone running around. And so I don't blame anyone for getting angry during a football game. I think the whole thing is just super weird, and I think the Chiefs just want Eric Bietemi to go away quietly so they don't – so they don't get – even more bad press because they don't want to be seen as racist because a lot of people already see them as racist with the logo and the tomahawk chop and everything. 
So it's like if we invite that press in there by firing him or you know whatever, then we're going to invite even more bad press in. They're they're suffocating him away from the media right now. Yeah, I think this ends with Eric Bieniemy going somewhere else, or which is it'll be something like Eric Bieniemy will say, "Oh, I'm taking a year off of football to like you know." He'd be a great college coach. I think he should take on that college head football coach setting. But Well, and maybe that's what he'll do. Maybe he'll just go be like an offensive analyst for Colorado or But we let other... go of Kafka. Kafka left to go to the Giants, and it's like you could have had that for it. Now we're looking at Matt. I, I don't think that this issue was perceived as bad as it was at that point, though, at least by the Chiefs. I think I, it maybe, or maybe Eric Bieniemy realized he had more leverage after the Chiefs did that, too. Unless, I mean, have you ever seen an offensive coordinator leave their previous team for a different team and come back and become the OC there? I mean, that's something that we could probably see. I I just think, I think Kafka, I mean, I, I wouldn't leave. I think, you know. I don't know. Do I, I think it would be a really bad look. I mean, would you like, rather coach Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I think he could always just come back, though. Is yeah. I, I think it would be a bad look if he, like, you know, said he was going to be the OC and then left, you know, like. Yeah, but he's not emotionally invested. He's been there for 14 days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you you got to look at the perception, though, Beans. Like, yeah, I mean, I Josh, Josh McDaniel still gets Sam. killed to this day for taking the coach job and then going back to the Patriots, like, the same day. It's just wishful thinking. I know it's wishful thinking. Well, we got one last quick hitter, and I want to make this one quick because we got our ass kicked. But, you know, we live in the state of Kansas, and we're all K-State fans in this pod, and we got our butts beat by KU last night. First time they'd scored 100 points since 2002, and it was only the second time ever that KU scored 100 points against K-State. And they did it in flower uniforms. Yeah, those. so if they took those flowers off the front uniform – I think those actually were super nice. Yeah. That, Flowers killed it, though. They've messed up good colors and made the uniforms crap. I'm sorry. It, it was too much. That, that was just doing too much. Brevet, like, the side paneling is, like, good on the jersey. Like, it works and everything. It, but, it, looked, it looked like it's from the 70s. I got a lot of 70s vibes from those uniforms. No, I wish it was from the 70s because K-State was better basketball in the 70s. Oh, <laughs> It's just sad. It's, it is just sad. But that's, that's a rough game to watch. Fellas, the Cats did put up 80 plus points, which is good. Yes. Is that a Granted, we gave up 102, which is bad. But, you know, a little bit of optimism on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, and for better or for worse, whether whatever you think of Joe Lenardi, it doesn't matter. He is technically an employed person. So he, his opinion Better does carry right some weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, so I had talked to uh, Jacob Katzenberg talking about Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi one year got like 58 out of 68 teams, right, or something, which doesn't sound terrible, except for the fact that you have to remember 32 of the bids are, automatic. are like automatic. So you're really only picking – for like what is that 36 teams yeah yeah so he got like 24 out of 36 which is so bad (laughs) but again for better or for worse k-state is still on the next floor out and they're still in the bubble somehow so 
That's this keeps, cool. this is let's crazy. put something into perspective on this game. Like KU shot 60, 65% from three. They shot 60% from the field. And a lot of that was our defense. A lot of that was them making just good shots because they're a more talented team. I don't want that to take away from K-State actually like played at least relative to their talent level pretty good in this game. That what you saw in the final score was just the fact that there was two different levels of teams on the court. So I got a quick question because I, I think we can kind of just sum this up as K-State played fine, but KU's just better and they played better. Yeah. Correct. Um Correct. so I got one question. Would you rather Make the NCAA tournament. We'll, we'll even say we make the – let's say we even go to the first four and we win a first four game, right? Oh, okay. All right. So we, we go to Dayton, we win a game, we're, and then we, like, lose to whoever the hell we play. Pretty much like that one time we played Cincinnati. I don't know. Yeah. Really yep, that. right. Would you rather do that or would you rather win the NIT or, like, make the NIT title game? Which win the one? NIT. Yeah, I feel like the NIT would have more. But but here's my thing with that. If we made the tournament, period, and I would have said that at the beginning of the season, it was a successful year. We have to win the NIT for me to consider it being a successful year. So right. I guess my expectations for this team weren't that high. I definitely wanted us I, – I think my expectations for this season going in were not to, to basically finish – Oh, I wanted to finish around sixth. I wanted to finish around sixth, like sixth or seventh in the Big 12. I thought we could definitely do that and then win a couple NIT games. Because the NIT is only 32 teams, mm-hmm. so there's an extra round that's out of it. So you, need, you win two NIT games, and then suddenly you're, cool. what, in the, let's see, 32, 16. You're in, like, the final eight of the NIT so I feel like if you know you make it to like the final four of the NIT, you make it to MSG, like that's fairly successful. You're gonna play a national TV game on ESPN. True. And so in the NIT's weird, like half the teams go in there and they don't give a shit, and the other teams yeah. are, like trying to you know, like you got the teams who like like Robert Morris when they beat Kentucky that one year. Like you have teams like Robert Morris who won their conference and then randomly lost like in the finals of their conference tournament, so they get kicked down to the NIT. So like they're actually good teams, right? But like but they just randomly lost a game. Is it, is, is this the new standard though? Like I I, I don't know. That's that's my issue. I, I don't think it has to be the new standard. I think you know. So one of the problems that I always get caught up in. And I, I'm sorry for talking over to you guys about no, this. I just go ahead. feel you, very passionate about go ahead. I need a the team. But I, I feel like the I feel like one of the big problems that can happen in sports is you shift your goals as new info comes available, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if K State came into this year and it's like a good goal is to make the NCAA tournament, right? And then, like, the team ends up going and, like, being a four seed or whatever in the tournament, then suddenly your goals shift from, like, you know, just making it to making it to, like, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. And I think it's good to, you know, have flexing goals, but, like, we can't we can't take the goal at the end of the season and retroactively place it on the beginning of the season, right? Like, if... Like, if this team was in the tournament and, like, you know, became a four seed, 
like that's a resounding success from what we thought the season was going to be. Right. Uh, I guess can I say what what Beans is more referring to and what I what I kind of sit at is the standard. Like my expectations yeah. for a team and the standard for what K-State basketball should be are two different things. Like I I understand that uh this team and I probably was closer to you Sam, but the standard of what I want K-State basketball to be at, at the very minimum year in and year out is a tournament team. No, and I agree. I think the the model that like I want to see K State be at at all times is I mean I want to see him be at you know five years ago Iowa State like Iowa like I don't I don't see why like those teams Iowa State especially is very similar to K State in the perspective of they're honestly like the second school in the state when it comes to like the school that people think about nationally. I mean right. for better or for worse. But I mean, and like they're both kind of ag schools, but yeah. like I don't, I don't see why K State can't make the tournament five to seven times every ten years, and then make the NIT the other ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know you, you got to throw in like one clunker probably every ten years. I mean that that shit just happens. Like Kentucky throws in clunkers, right? Every and especially years. in today's basketball or just today's sports world, it's pretty yeah. Hard it, it's it's ever changing. But uh, and if you, want know, to, if you want to, and for all the listeners, if you want to know how Sam Long feels, uh, follow him at uh, all day long fifteen on Twitter and look at his pin tweet. It says it all. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there, that there's your there's your unshameless plug by Beans. Unshameless. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been covering the news for a while. I think it's time, and I'm not calling it a way too early. NFL. Well, I, I tell you what, Gab, you know, we have to be unbiased real quick. So let me just say this one thing. KU, good at basketball, go and win the Big 12, probably making it to the Elite Eight Final Four, might win a natty. Congratulations, KU fans, on beating our ass. And good luck to you come tournament time. We are they're unbiased. They're a good team. And they're, they're I, they are good. Game. They have a lot of – they, they have – so you win in the tournament with guard play, right? And Connor Brown is a really good guard. Abaji's more of a wing, but they have the one-two punch. David McCormick, if he's not trash, is a good five guy. <laughs> I really like Dewan Harris. Dewan Harris can, you know, handle the ball. Very good playmaker, good defender, scrappy. And they don't even have Remy Martin. Now I don't know how much Remy right. Martin's going to actually contribute when he gets back from injury. I know he's really good. Highly touted transfer out of Arizona State, but it feels like they. This feels like your classic, really good KU team, where you, it's all juniors and seniors, and yes. it's just a bunch of dudes who have stayed there for three to four years, who were all four star guys, and like that's what usually wins in March. That, so, that was what I was gonna say. Is I appreciate this team's ability to. It's it, as we said. It's so hard in today's sports world to build teams because of the transfer rules and all of those things that's an ability to keep and develop players has been one of the most impressive things in college basketball in my opinion it's one of the reasons they're just a year in year out powerhouse yeah so last thing before we move and you know it's giving KU their flowers and I've always respected so I don't think you know if you're an NBA guy, like if you're trying to go one and done, I don't think KU's the place for you because no. I don't think KU runs that kind of program. 
which is fine. And I mean, you can say they have Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins, and like all those dudes. But for all those dudes, you have your Czech Diallos, your freaking um, what's his nuts, Josh Selby's, your uh, <laughs> Mitch Lightfoot. Oh, Mitch Lightfoot, not no damn one and one and done. Who's the <laughs> one guy? Does anyone remember the one guy? He wore like number two. What was his name? He was a head case. He got suspended. I think his last. It was Cliff Alexander. That's right. That's right. So any KU fans listening out here, I, I, I know about your team. Cliff Alexander stunk. But um <laughs> but um like the like for every Wiggins and Embiid, like you have those three dudes or whatever. But the reason KU is awesome, like super awesome every year, is because they get those four star dudes who stay for three, four years. Like and they the other thing too is they find like those undervalued good players, you know, Frank Mason. Monte Graham, the dudes who like you know are at Winston Salem or Towson or wherever the hell they're at, <laughs> the undersized guard like, that'll never go to the NBA because he's undersized, but he's still but a no, really, he's really really good, really good in college. And don't say they don't go to the NBA. Devontae Graham's pretty good. Well, okay, don't go early. Exactly, but you know you get your Wayne Seldens, you get like your Tariq Black dudes, you know like, and they just develop those guys over three four years, and then you just sprinkle in like one or two like good freshmen every year. And like, that's why they're so damn good every year. Plus, yep. you know, Allen is, unfortunately, I did call it a building with uh, some banners and bad officiating last night, but you know, it is the cathedral of college basketball. So there's some order to that. <laughs> that wasn't a very quick, quick hitter. There was a lot <laughs> to say okay. there. But, bad. you know, I think before I cut Gavin off, it's time to go into our mock draft. So the way we're going to do this is we have picks 1 to 33 listed, and everyone is going to give a uh, – excuse me. Everyone's going to give a pick every other three. So we're going to start off with Gavin with one, Beans with two, me with three, and then we'll go that okay. same order down, you know, four to six and seven to nine and so on and so forth. Until we get down to number what, – what do we have? 30? 30. 30. So once we get to 30, that should be one of mine. We're all three going to discuss what the Chiefs should do because, you know, we're a Kansas-based pod, you know, we're biased and all sorts of stuff. And so we're going to skip me there. And the majority then... rules that one, by the way. Yep, no. Majority rules on that one? Majority rules. Okay. Well, and then, and then after we skip me, we'll go back to Gavin Beans me, and I get into a fun one with the Jags at 33. So for some reference, this is a anything goes mock draft. Um, you can pick whether you think the team is going to do something. So, you know, if you think the Jaguars are going to take uh, Kenny Pickett for some ungodly reason, then go ahead and take Kenny Pickett. Or you can do what they should do. If you think the Jaguars should take Evan Neal at number one overall because Trevor Lawrence needs to be protected, then you can go with Evan Neal, even though he's not the number one rated prospect. And – if you're going to give someone a quarterback, you can give them any quarterback. Just, you know, whichever one you think is number one, give it to them. The only thing that matters is explain yourself so that you can be absolutely destroyed. No, later no, on no. I am this. not explaining myself on who I pick and what situation, damn it. Beans, I swear to God, if you give the Detroit Lions uh, the Western Kentucky quarterback at two, I'm going to shit. <laughs> All right, Beans, yeah, dude. If you take Bailey Zappi, we there it is, you know baby. you love Bailey Zappi. You could get him in, like, the fourth round probably. <laughs> Raiders DM has taken. I just need you to be semi-realistic. You don't have to be terribly realistic, but just semi. 
No, I'm coming out of okay. all of this shit. All right, well, I tell you what. Let's get this bad boy started. And, Gavin, you're on the clock with number one, so what do you got? What I got is what you've already predicted. We got to protect Trevor Lawrence. We did nothing to help him last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Evan Neal has the highest upside and is the best current tackle in this draft. I'm taking him 101 and not feeling bad about it. But the only thing I will say is if I could trade back to like 10, 11 and grab some other draft picks, and I think that pretty much goes for any top 10 pick, I would just be doing that just because of the way this draft is set up with depth, but not a lot of high-end talent. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think this is a definite draft to trade back in, but it comes down to does anyone actually want to trade up? So (laughs) Right. We'll have to see. Unfortunately for the Jaguars, there's no stud QB in this draft. If it was next year and you had like a Jackson Dart guy or like CJ Stroud or like, you know, well, maybe not Jackson Dart. I'm a year ahead of Jackson Dart. But like a CJ Stroud, Bryce, um, Young. Bryce Young type guy that, you know, is kind of a consensus number one quarterback, then you could easily trade this. It would be like the Titans when they traded back to five for Corey Davis. Now, granted, Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis both kind of sucked. So it didn't really work out regardless. But, you know, yep, the so thought was there. That's right. And that's all that matters. Protect, I think you're up number one overall pick for your number one overall pick. All right. So for the Detroit Lions, so we're going to pick a very Dan Campbell guy because, you know, we're going to be biting some kneecaps here. Um, we, I feel like Aiden Hutchinson is the right answer. They were at the bottom five in sacks and pressure rate last year. And so with Aiden, he's a Michigan guy. He's, uh, I feel like what Dan Campbell wants out of his locker room. They have 10 total picks for this year, which is seems like a really high number. Um, you know, some free agents that are hitting the market for them, Nick Williams and Charles Harris. So I don't think they're going to let him go because I think they're both pretty old. So they might want to find some youth into that defensive side. Yeah, it, it, Aiden Hutchinson in the Lions just feels right. It, it feels it's a, like I said, it's a Dan Campbell pick. Yeah, it, it just feels right. Like, Wait, I don't you guys agree that if the Jags do go not Aiden Hutchison at one, that everyone in Detroit is doing circles in the room because they're just super excited they, for who they they're are trading that pick away. Wait, what? I, I don't know, man. I feel like they, if they don't get their Aiden Hutchison, man, they're going to just trade away. Oh, them. okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. And they might go with a Kayvon Thibodeau, but I mean, that, that early, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I like Thibodeau. I think he has. I think Avante is has a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is just kind of a weird player where it just feels like he has a, he has a he, lot more um, uh, explosiveness and bend in his game when he's playing off that edge. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess you know, I think Thibodeau is kind of getting compared to like Clowney, and that's like hurting his stock. Yeah, that, people that never want to be compared like, to Clowney because all Clowney has had is one year deals and is hurt all the time so yeah I, you know what before we this segue is great into the team that you know picked david clown in houston hold on um, can i take a quick note here uh on pff here on the mock draft needs it says every position i i was that. going to bring that up it does say wrong. every position for the texans and yeah it, they don't have a strength <laughs> their best strength is Braden cooks i would or brandon cooks and i think he's probably getting traded so and Tunsil. They they don't have no wait, they do have Tunsil still. Yeah, yeah they're talking no, about trading him trade too. too so. Tunsil yeah. is probably yeah, Tunsil's the best player then. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot they had Larry Tunsil. God, what an awful trade that was. Tunsil's <laughs> good, but like 
Every time yeah. Texas trade their first round pick, it ends up being like in the top five. I don't know if you guys noticed that, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, But yeah, so since the Texans need freaking everything, I think they should just take the best player available. And uh, some people might say that's Kevontae Tip, though. Some people might say that's like a Charles Cross or Derek Stingley. Um, I'm going with Kyle Hamilton. I think Kyle Hamilton has the highest ceiling in this draft, and I think he's just the best player overall. I think it's really hard to find a guy with that kind of size and speed combination with ball skills. And I think this is really high for safety. Yeah. Obviously at three, like safeties don't get drafted in the top five unless you're like Garrick Berry level. But I don't think if you need every position and you stink like Houston does, then I don't think you get to pick and choose which prime position, you know, you take that high. Well, when I you're think, when you're that bad, just take your best player available. Like exactly, like I mean, if and if I was Houston and I was drafting four or five years ago, I would take Quentin Nelson at three because Quentin Nelson's the consensus best player in well, the room. Like you need, you just need good players, like well, to turn this thing around. And and he's also a big player. He is six four and two hundred twenty pounds, and he's almost twenty one. He's very young, you know, has a lot of raw talent. And the, the only thing I don't like about Kyle Hamilton is he got hurt this last year. Yeah. But right. like, like if you look at it, like Thibodeau got hurt. Derek Stingley got hurt. Like all these dudes got hurt. So at this point, it's like, well, do you take another tackle? No, probably not. Um, are you taking a wide receiver at three? No, probably not. <laughs> like, so I mean, just take there's no premium guy here basically no... throw a dart at a wall and whatever picture it lands on you're picking that guy yeah and you should just take the best one in your opinion and in my opinion it's Kyle Hamilton so we take Kyle Hamilton what do you got Gav back on the clock here it's the Jets and the Jets even though PFF says needs wide receiver, linebacker, defensive back, I don't think that quite does justice to the amount of problems on that roster. There's a lot of good in a lot of places, but there is a whole lot of bad on that team still. And what we're going to start with, since I think uh, you have, I can't remember their coach, is Salah, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So you have the ex-defensive coordinator. Give him a, I trust his ability to generate pressure. You have Carl Lawson on the defensive line. Give me Derek Stingley to shore up the the backside. You're going to have teams passing on you a lot. So, or not a lot. You're hoping Zach Wilson takes a step forward and you're forcing teams to pass. But you need a guy that has the upside to shut down a team's number one receiver. I know Derek Stingley's been hurt. People are kind of concerned. But the reality is, at 18 years old, he was playing at one of the highest levels of any corner in the in the nation. And that's just something you don't pass up on it for, in my opinion. All right. I don't, I think, you know, that's kind of, I mean, the, the only way the jets have been relevant in the last, you know, 20 years, it feels like is having an elite defense and a good run game. And I mean, the only way to build that elite defense is to, you know, start with the corner. You need your new Revis. So I think it's a good pick. All right, for the Giants, um, I, I'm kind of going back and forth on this one uh, between a couple of players. Um, with Brian Dable, you know, he had Josh Allen last year and had has that taste in his mouth of what a good quarterback is and with a lot of arm talent and is a big quarterback and can run. And also you have Kafka coming in from the Chiefs. 
Uh, I they might want to go quarterback here, but this this draft class at number five, I don't see the need of drafting a QB at five, if that makes sense. So, uh, you know, you could go a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis here, but I I think they're going to try and boost up their defense. Uh, they gave up the most rushing yards per game last year, so I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, okay. Like we talked about earlier, uh, with I've heard some like comments saying that he's got interest outside of football. Like he doesn't really love like football. He just plays it for fun. And if you're in a if you're in a you know in an interview with NFL teams, a lot of a lot of teams you know shy away from that. But I don't think that's something the Giants would do in this situation when they desperately need help. So. I think you're also getting a guy that for the entire until we like started digging and trying to find issues, this guy was a consensus one or two off the board. You're getting him at five. None of the tools, none of the things that he did on the field disappeared. I under like I get the off the field stuff, and it's not even it's stuff that you're projecting too. There's nothing saying that he doesn't love football. He's been playing it his entire life. Exactly. It's just that he's not giving the same answers as this other guy that probably is just trying to say the right thing so he gets drafted higher. I, I, you just don't let a guy like Thibodeau pass you up if he falls that far. And, and I, uh, there's, like I said, there's so many options that they could have here. They are, they only have $2.8 million in cap next year. So they're going to have to really rely on these nine draft picks that they have. So, I mean, they could have up to 30 million by cutting uh, Bradbury, their cornerback, uh, Martinez, the linebacker and Shepard and, uh, uh, Sterling Shepard and uh, uh, Kyle uh, and uh, Rudolph, their tight end. So I mean, they could free up a lot of cap space and uh, maybe get uh, get their defensive end, and then maybe go for a quarterback. But uh, th- th- this draft class for the quarterback just hurts my brain. Yep. So eh, it looks like we lost Samuel Long. Oh, oh, is he dead? <laughs> he got lost. He's lost off the face. He just fell off the face of the earth. Okay, well, let me stall. <laughs> let me stall for him here because I'm gonna try and talk about what I think the Panthers should do because this is the first pick, in my opinion, okay. where you actually think a quarterback can come off. No, right? no, I do kind of agree with the quarterback here. Not these quarterbacks though, but in a quarterback here, if you run an RPO quarterback like with uh, Malik Willis or with a Matt Corral. You could really take the beatings off of uh, Christian McCaffrey here. Yep. And my issue with that is regardless of what quarterback you're getting in there, you're putting him behind one of the worst offensive lines that PFF has tracked since PFF started. Not like a bad offensive line, like one of the worst. And they they don't really have cap space to fix it because they've invested it all in backup or third string or starter quarterback, Sam Darnold. It, here's my question though. Yeah. I mean, uh, would you want to draft an O-line here? Cause at one point people thought Sam Darnold was a good quarterback and he's shown flashes this year where he was an excellent quarterback. You know, he, some of his throws look like, you know, college Sam Darnold and you have this like mindset of, you know, pre Sam Darnold and now current Sam Darnold. That, that's my point though, is like, what He's are never you... had a good O line. He's never had a an O line to help him. Yeah, I and you're you're paying him to be the guy right now, anyways. I don't want to reach to try and like solve a quarterback issue that I'm already paying another guy. It just feels like you're stacking, pro- you're using problems to create other problems. Give me. I'm just gonna go for Sam here, so we're not sure when we're getting him back. 
Um, I'm going to just take Charles Cross here. I'm going to have no issue fixing the offensive line. Actually, you know what? I'm going to keep – have you clicked it yet, Beans? No, I have not. Okay, I'm going Akeem Aquanu. I've heard more that's, good things about him. Yes, that's um, probably the better one on as far, right. as far as the passing game goes. Charles. Yeah, Cross, I'm glad I saw him. I'm yes. just I'm being okay fixing the offensive line. And you know what? If Sam Darnold's bad, I'm going to be up towards the top of the draft next year to take a quarterback that I actually believe in and open up some cap space. Yeah. I okay. So we're going to lock that one in. Uh, yep. Akeem, I can't say his last name. Akeem Aquanu's. I think that, that's what yeah. you say out of nc state all right gavin it looks yep like- so now i'm up again with the giants here and the giants back on the clock who did we take first it looks like you took thibodeau i did take so thibodeau. i'm having absolutely no issue going back to the offensive line here it's a problem if we're going to build around daniel jones and i uh, i don't know who their gm is but i i know the quote from him this offseason saying we've done everything we can to help this dude fail well, now let's start trying to help Daniel Jones. Let's take Charles Cross and be perfectly happy trying to build an offensive line and see what we actually have at quarterback. See, I, I kind of thought about that too. I mean, Daniel Jones uh, in the past three seasons has a 62.8 completion percentage. And, oh, hey, we got Sam back. Yeah, we uh, can just edit um, all the time that I would No, out. we are leaving that because we've already done the picks for oh, all yeah. of this. What? We, yeah, we picked Ika Mekwanu for the Panthers. I don't no, know. fuck you. I get to make my pick. <laughs> oh, God damn it. This is going to mess everything up. How is it going to mess we everything go backwards. up? What? You don't get to just skip my pick, Beans. Oh, God damn it. We didn't know if you were going to be back. I said, um, I said you knew I would be back. <laughs> well, here. I don't know when. Are you, You're able to find when that happened, right, Beans? We're just going to keep it. Keep going. Keep rolling. Fuck it. Fuck it. Just fuck it. Well, yeah. I don't know why my computer – my internet just crapped out. Like, it was yeah. fine. And then, like, I look in the bottom corner, and it's like, you have no bars. <laughs> um, no, just... we're, we're, we're taking not whoever the hell you just said because that's not what the Panthers are going to do. Who are the Panthers going to take then? The Panthers, Matt Rule and their GM need to save their job. I get that Matt Rule has a seven-year contract, five years remaining. But they're taking uh, the best quarterback available, and I think it's Sam Howell. They're taking Sam Howell. Oh, we we holy shit! We talked about this too. Damn it! Yeah, (laughs) I didn't think it was gonna be Sam Howell, but holy shit! Yeah, so they're Um, taking Sam Howell at six. I know that PFF has him as the number one overall quarterback. Uh, That's not necessarily how I feel about who I would draft the quarterback position. But uh, those two, the GM and Matt Rule are tied at the hip, and they need to save their jobs, and I'm not taking Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett to save my job. So while we're derailed on this, and this might actually end up being okay, we're just going to be be okay with uh, Akeem Aquanu being off the board um, because I don't think Sam Howell is getting drafted any other place. No, I don't think Sam – yeah, I don't really believe um, it. So it but you don't Sam, if get you face. could stir up significant interest from – pittsburgh at 20 and just tell them hey we're wanting to go malik willis and trying to see because they've shown their hand with who we think they like and just trying to get anything out of them that you can are you okay getting maybe a a future first and 20 to move or a future first to move back to 20 and still take a quarterback yeah i mean i I think that's where sam howe would be my, my thing is, and why I don't think you can discount the Sam Howell pick, 
is Baker Mayfield was seen as a second round guy at the beginning of the draft process, and then he got picked first overall. Like teams fall in love with guys all the time. Blake Bortles got drafted third. Like why? Blake Bortles is a saint. You back off of him. <laughs> okay, fine. Christian Ponder got drafted twelfth overall before. There we go. Like we <laughs> we we can't just discount the Panthers deciding you know that Sam Howell is the best quarterback here, and I mean like. I mean, like, the thing of it is, is if they think he's the safest quarterback and he's the most likely to be good pro and they, you know, can't trade from six, then you take him, right? Like, that's, right. The, whole, that's the whole idea. So we're going with uh, Sam Howell at uh, six. All right, Gavin, are you we leaving should... uh, Are you leaving uh, Charles Cross for the Giants at seven? I mean, I'd just take a Quanus at that okay. point but right. I, i'm okay uh let's I just move forward with point with the falcons that. with who's left on the board just to eliminate any more confusion i mean the falcons could take an o-line here i mean i was thinking also on the defensive side of help but yeah we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and plug in i'll just put sam howell on pff so that way it equals out on here but uh yeah i think you know, i think honestly these are kind of in the same boat as the texans you know just pick whoever the hell you can get also, I've, I mean, heard, I've, I've also heard notes of uh, Traylon Burks. So they, they are just in a really weird spot where they don't really know how much more they're going to get out of Matt Ryan. They don't want to rebuild because they're paying Matt Ryan and he's a he is, he is the highest paid quarterback next year. I'm pretty sure he's the highest paid player. I'm, don't quote I, me on that. Let's I know that go. his contract was pushed out so that it would be a shit ton this year. And that, that, that was the, I didn't like that contract when it was signed, but now you're kind of in this nowhere, nowhere zone where, you know, what do you do? So what are you doing beans? Uh, we'll go ahead and just plug in Sam. I'll, I'll, we're going to, we're just going to go ahead. And uh... so is it just the two agreeing that it's going to be two tackles and then like Sam Howell just did six because Sam screwed internet. Yeah. screwed up. Yeah. yeah. We'll go ahead. So Gavin, go ahead and plug in Sam Howell here, but they're going to just take an offensive line to kind of help help both just boost up Matt Ryan. Okay. So I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know where they would go here. I don't blame you. It looks like Sam, you're up with the Broncos. All right, one sec. I gotta like plug all these people. <laughs> and um, who went first, Cross or uh, Equino? Uh, Kwanu went for the Panthers. Cross went for Giants, and then just put Sam Howell in for the Falcons. All right, well, we'll Which take Sam it. Howell for if the Falcons doesn't us, not make sense. If you're listening to us, you can tell this is our third episode. Well, yeah, I fine. think the biggest thing is you can tell that Sam's inter- Sam's internet is back now, according to the computer. Well, um, want to stay you know, long enough. So. <laughs> um, Sam, quit, Sam quit his job halfway through this and said, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm coming back." Well, I didn't. I wouldn't say I quit my job. I tried joining back immediately when I realized that I had been kicked from the recording, but like the link <laughs> wasn't working. So, all right, we got the Broncos at nine. Who's got that one? I have it at nine. All right. So, I think kind of the thing with the Broncos is you kind of want to. Uh, I would say that you kind of want to replace what you lost in Von Miller around this spot, wouldn't you think? You kind of have. You kind I, of I think I know where you're going have, with this one. Yeah, you kind of already have a guy in Bradley Chubb that drafted in the top five a couple years ago. Bradley Chubb also likes to be kind of injured a lot, and you yes. don't really have anything for Von Miller. You have a pretty good secondary. You picked Sertain last year. And I think 
you know, you've ha- you have enough offense. The Broncos have good enough everything to just feel like they're missing a quarterback. Um, this is a little bit more of a reach in terms of, you know, what PFF says for their ADP and everything. But I'm going to go with uh, David Ajobu from Michigan. I really like him. Oh, Ajabo. Ojabo. He feels like yeah. a very fluid, like, athlete edge rush guy. Yes. To me. Yes. And I feel like that pairs well opposite of Bradley Chubb. But Bradley Chubb, obviously Bradley Chubb's not all just power and everything. But Bradley Chubb is a bigger guy, less bendy, more like, you know, more like a thicker build edge rush guy. And Ojobu feels more like a TJ Watt kind of edge rush guy. Yeah. And, and I, I think also, that's a good pairing. Another thing I could think they could, another pick I think they could go here is any of the quarterbacks that are available, especially a, a Gardner out of Cincinnati. I feel like a pairing him with Sertan might be something that they would go with, but I do not disagree with David Ojabo. Yeah. So that that's kind of one of the other picks I thought too. I just feel like. I, I feel, feel like they're like gonna. I feel like a lot of the AFC West is gonna draft defense just to prevent the Chiefs from scoring. Well, we did enough of that this last season, so you know. Mm. <laughs> but so now we go to me with the Jets at ten, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so I'm the Jets. I got this pick from the Seahawks because the Seahawks have been crumbling under the pressure of that obnoxious Russell Wilson contract. And I'm going to send the world's biggest middle finger all the way to Seattle. And instead of a safety that impacts the play sometimes and honestly isn't very good, I'm taking a massive fucking wide receiver that's going to impact every single game. Yes. Be a massive part of my offense. Give me Drake London. Give me some dude to pair with uh, Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore. I want this offense to be explosive. We've already taken uh, Derek Stingley up above. I feel like this is like a A plus draft if this is what happens for the Jets. Yeah, and I feel like the Jets crushed the draft last year too, honestly. They like, did. They like, did. Yep. The, the Jets feel like they're making a lot of moves where it's like, ah, yes, the transaction champions of the NFL. Now only if it could translate to actual wins. That <laughs> <laughs> there are some speculation that Drake London will have some separation issues uh, on the field. Like he, he can. The only thing he really does is throw his body up in the air and comes down with the ball. But if he can translate that to the NFL, that's an unstoppable being in there. So you have Elijah Moore to separate. You've already got one separator. Give me a guy that can go win 50, 50 balls when you need one. Yeah. You're inside the 20, just lob it up to Drake London and you'll come down with it. There's just not a lot of six, five dudes with that kind of athleticism that exists that have those hands. Yeah. But beans, you have our brand new team. All right, Commanders. Washington Red. No, never mind the football. No, hockey. Uh, ca- the, the Red Banders. Come, 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 what? Come what? Come, come, Commanders. Command. Come, come. The Red, the Ran- Red Banders team. Come, yes, the Commanders scenes. Oh, shit. okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, with the Washington Come Anders, um, we, uh, man, man, this team just is awful. <laughs> they need a lot of things. <laughs> They need a QB. They need O line. They need a quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker. I don't. It's uh, some free agents that are coming up for them. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, D tackle, Tim Tim Settle. You know, and they could go a lot of ways. But I feel like we're gonna have another quarterback come off the board. Rivera's in the hot seat. 
and he's only had three playoff wins in 11 years. So I think he's going to want to take a QB here just to turn somebody around and save his career maybe. And I, I feel like this is where Malik Willis does come off the board. Oh, shit. Pittsburgh is pissed. Yeah. I, oh, my I God. I rate beans. What have you done? The I know. Gonna come I, after I thought, you. You're not geographically far enough away from Mike Tomlin. You got to uh, think well, about this. Hang on here. I have the Pittsburgh pick at 20. Uh, at 20 so you calm the hell down. So, oh, okay. Boy. Okay. Well, Be- no. Beans is colluding with himself to get ten picks to stay in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Self collusion. Self collusion. <laughs> no. So give me Malik Willis here. Uh, the one part that is terrible was he was sacked fifty-one times, uh, which is the most it's been in ten years. So I think he's going to be a very scramble-heavy quarterback. But uh, I like yeah, I said, a, a black awesome. quarterback at a racist franchise. This you is have a new, awesome. you have a new program, a new <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Gavin, Jesus Christ, I love it. So that, that there we go. Uh, Jesus, let me let me get the Manders in here. Here's a Willis Willis dick fit in your mouth. That's what they're gonna be saying. In, <laughs> that's what they're gonna be saying in DC. New what? program, new face, new face for the. Why does Minnesota need a quarterback? Because oh, they're trading Kirk Cousins, obviously. You know what I think is actually a good pick here. Um, this is like wild that we're gonna let like a couple of these dudes just not get drafted here. No shit. Actually, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm smarter than that. I was, I was really thinking <laughs> about Tyler Linderbaum because I really think Tyler Linderbaum is like one of the like five best players in this draft and getting them at 12 would be super awesome. Yes. But I think the Vikings, oh, no. the Vikings need so much, especially on defense, right? I don't, the, the offense, I don't think is the problem. I think you can like find the stop gaps that you need at center and, you know, guard and whatever to protect Kirk Cousins and to compete whatever. And I feel like you have to think you want to compete if you're the Vikings. I mean, for God's sakes, Aaron Rodgers could just decide to fuck off at any moment. So we shouldn't be, like, not competing. So I feel like, you know, if you, you need to go sure up your defense, and I want to take Sauce Gardner to sure up that defense. Ah, oh, damn it. Nice pick. I feel like the Vikings are very much a we're going to draft a corner here no matter what type of team. I don't blame them at this point. I mean, you got good players, and what is it, two years ago, you have a corner that's been okay, and then your other corner shot somebody and is in jail. So you've yeah. been kind of just lacking at that corner two spot for a while now, and this is your chance to fix it. Well, and, like, the whole thing is, is like, when they were good with Case Keenum, like, they had Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes was awesome. Like, that was kind of the last time that, you know, they had happened. They had my cues at one point. They did, and then they, they basically traded him for Rashad Breland. Uh, well, they get they gave away a six-round pick to the Chiefs, but, yeah, it was essentially almost like a trade. It was super weird. If now, you can't tell, I finished my Baja Blast, and I'm my <laughs> No longer sponsored. <laughs> no, we, we are sponsored still because it's still my stomach. You know what? Taco Bell, <laughs> it hasn't exited yet. No, Taco it Bell, hasn't. If you're listening yet. to us, yeah, well, sponsor us, damn it. Yeah, sponsors talk about you cowards. They won't. No, too many F-bombs. But regardless, uh, so I'm on the clock now with Cleveland at 13, and there's no way 
in Ohio. I'm letting Garrett Wilson get past me here. They need a number one receiver. That's what he is. This pick is written in fucking Sharpie and circled <laughs> and has arrows and has a larger circle with arrows pointing at that circle on it on their board right now. It, there's no way that that's not that pick. Yeah, it just feels exactly like what the pick would be. Lots like of arrows. I, I have nothing to say. That's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> so, all right, with the Ravens at number 14, uh, you know, it, it depends on what they do with offensive tackle uh, Villanueva and uh, uh, Marcus Peters. Um, I, th- this team always lo- – they have players fall to them. I mean, if you look at the past, like they had Rashad Bateman, Pat Queen, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, Orlando Brown, they just fall in their laps. And I think one of the players that are falling into their laps this year is Trent McDuffie. I think they're going to try and replace uh, yep. the cornerback room. Yeah, that's such a great fit. Yes, it does. And honestly, though, like some speculation is that he the, – the Washington defense for uh, uh, Washington University's defense, they run a shit ton of zone. And so a lot of – I'm wondering how he'll do playing man-to-man, but uh, the Ravens really don't play a lot of man-to-man defense, so I think it's a good fit there. They also just had their secondary fell apart down the stretch last year, and it was yeah. one of the main reasons that their team fell apart. You just got to prevent that happening again. Uh, like, was what was it like? All eleven of their players were hurt. <laughs> well, I mean, part of the reason everybody thinks Joe Burrow is so cool right now is because he put up like eight hundred yards and twenty five touchdowns in two games against the Ravens when their best corner was a practice squad guy. Exactly. And they've, they've allowed multiple 400 yard games, uh, the first seven games of the season. So I was, I would take sauce Gardner here if he was available, but Trent McDuff, they're just going to take the best available corner with Trent McDuffie. So. Yep. Uh, I think it's you, Sam. All right. Here's 10% of the draft coming. So we took Trent McDuffie, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. I got a Jacob Myers in the trade just right now. (laughs) I'm very excited. Fantasy football never sleeps, folks, especially in Dynasty. Make fantasy football great again, Productions. Exactly. So, I tell you what, the Eagles need defense. Need, 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 need defense. They should not draft anyone on this in this first round that isn't defense. Hold I on, I have a everyone question. Everyone wants to say they should draft a wide receiver, and I'm just not buying it. I don't know why you spend first-round draft capital on a wide receiver when you're going to run the ball 60 to 70 percent of the time like it doesn't make any sense we can find a wide receiver free agency and i think at this point you should just go a hundred percent best defender available and that is george Karloffis. i I think that's how you pronounce his name out of purdue out of purdue Uh, according to pff he's ranked number nine i've seen him go in the top 10 of multiple mock drafts and to get him at 15 is a great pick for the eagles and that's all they should be doing is taking defense. Doesn't matter at all. Do you do you think the Eagles will use all three of their picks here? No, because Howie Roseman loves to trade. I think yeah. most likely I think one of the most likely outcomes to come out of this draft is that the Eagles will probably trade two first round picks and move into like the top five to like eight range. I want to make a side note for our listeners is that uh, there are three first-round picks for the Eagles, and I get none of them. So lost out, baby. 
I, I actually have the next two picks for the Eagles, and I'm going to tie them together here because there's one what? direction I could go that would just be watching the world burn and saying fuck <laughs> you to everything Sam just said. Because here's the problem with what Sam what Sam said. is The first half of the season when the Eagles sucked, they were letting Jalen Hurts run the offense. They're trying to pass, and nothing's really working because you have a rookie receiver as your best option. And I don't blame any of this on Devontae. He's fucking awesome. But – Jalen Hurts is just objectively not a good passing quarterback. He can run, and when the offense started to run, the offense moved the ball and the team functioned better. So what I think would be really funny to happen here is the at 16, we get a wide receiver picked, like, oh, say, a Jamison Williams, and, you know, oh, build around Jalen Hurts. And then, like, 30 minutes later, when the next pick is on the board, the Eagles take like a Sam Howell off the board to actually build around a different quarterback. <laughs> but, hey, but Sam Howell's gone. He's got six. <laughs> no, that's right. So actually what's going to happen, like Sam said, and what I think would happen at this point, Tyler Linderbaum's going off the board here. He's Whoa. too good. They're running the ball. He's a, he's Whoa. just the perfect fit. The second he gets into the NFL, he's one of the most athletic offensive linemen at uh, at center, I guess I should say, in the NFL, it's a perfect fit. That that's what they uh, it's what they need. Their offensive line is aging. I don't see any issue with that. So you know, Linderbaum at sixteen. You know, I said no offense, and Linderbaum is probably the one dude I'd make that exception on because Linderbaum is one of those dudes where it's almost guaranteed that he's going to be like a top 10 center when he gets into the NFL type. Right. And he's also, I would have rather taken linebacker there, but I can take linebacker at 19 and I don't think Linderbaum falls to 19. So I can, I can still get one of the top linebackers in this great linebacker class here in a couple picks. I agree. All right, I have the Chargers at 17, and right after I make this pick and give my description, I want to go grab a beer. Um, so <laughs> the Chargers have a shit ton of cap space this year. So projected after all their restructures and letting go of some people, they're projected at 72.8 million, which Holy is the second, shit. yeah, which is the second most in the NFL behind the Dolphins. And so they're going to fix a lot of problems. I think they're going to sign Tyron Matthew. So I don't think their defense, I think their secondary is pretty much fixed at that point, in my opinion. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, I do think that they are going to go with a cornerback here, though, to kind of pair with Asante Samuel. And so I think Andrew Booth is probably one of the most undervalued corners in this draft, to be honest. Because he played at Clemson in a down year. Exactly. Mm hmm. And pair him with Asante Samuel, who played at Florida State, I believe, and just had a really productive year for the Chargers. And they they just always find ways to have production out of their out of their secondary. So I think they're going to continue to go with that. They could also go with the D tackle here, but I, I I just see the pairing here with Asante just being being the fit. So Sam, being the ta- uh, the Taysom Hill truther you have been for a while, and I I, I mostly mean that in fantasy football. I'm but I think it's perfect. Top ten quarterback. These yep. are the facts. I think it's perfect that you ended up with the Saints pick here at eighteen. So what I will say is I do love me some Taysom Hill, especially in fantasy. Have them on my dynasty team. But I also love myself some Jameis Winston. And I think Jameis Winston is going to come back to the Saints. Oh, because, let's go. I mean, if you really sit down and like think about it, right? Jameis Jameis 
took a lot less money over the last two years, or at least two years ago, he took a lot less money to come and learn under Sean Payton and to learn under Drew Brees. And last year, he was having a pretty good season. Not like a great season, but he had the Saints in the playoff picture. He was playing very efficiently with Sean Payton. And then one fateful Bucks game later is ACLs to put. I think personally, the Saints would want to bring back Jameis. They really don't have too many options. Because well, there, there comes that Baja blast. Um, they don't have they don't have too many options at quarterback other than Jameis Taysom or you know drafting a rookie just based off of, you know, their cap situation. And I don't think you bring in – who's their new head coach? Um, it was their uh, – was it their defensive coordinator? I, yeah, it was their defensive coordinator. just got promoted. Yeah, you, you don't bring in a guy like that. You don't promote from within if you're not planning on going, you know, with what you have, right? Right. You, you hired continuity, so you'll stay with continuity. So, assuming that James is back healthy, I think the big thing that you want to do is the defense is still pretty good, but there is just nothing offensively in the receiving room. On assuming that, that Michael Thomas is still a problem, which even, he will, will be. Well, even if Michael Thomas isn't a problem, um, you still have, like, nothing. You have Marquez Callaway, and that's it. Yeah, no, so I agree. I want to assume that I really do want to assume that Michael Thomas will be back. And for me, I'm going to go wide receiver here. And it's really about picking the right wide receiver, right? It's about picking the right fit. And Michael Thomas is that slot route runner guy. And I think at this point you're trying to win now. So I don't think you can take Jameson Williams because he probably won't play most of, at all the year this year. And you need a vertical presence, Right. And I think at this point, Traylon Burks is oh. a vertical presence. Oh. He's a beast. Boom. He's a bomb. Look at he's that. He's a big guy. Like I would say, if you're the Saints, you want to take that dude that can be that stupid stud. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yep. Because if you can get two stupid studs to play together, like him and Mike Thomas – you got something cooking, and you can be contending right back real quick. Plus, you have a guy like Mike Thomas that can separate naturally, and you can scheme more stuff up and try to get the ball in Traylon Burke's hands like he was used at Arkansas. Exactly. And I think, in my opinion, it, it was between him and Alave, and I just feel like the Saints, when you look at what Debo Samuel has done, how versatile Debo Samuel can be, especially – if Alvin Kamara might miss some time, especially if Alvin Kamara ages, you can start using Traylon Burks as a kind of guy that's like Debo Samuel. I know that was a lot of time for me talking, but I really wanted to spell out, you know, how I felt about this pick. And to give Beans time to get a beer. And this this podcast is brought to you by Bush Latte. Bush. Well, that's okay, because the Eagles pick is going to be super fast here. I'm taking linebacker, like I said before. I just don't think they'll take the right linebacker. They're going to look and say, hey, Georgia had a really good defense. I'm taking the Kobe Dean. Move on. 
Oh, well, that, that, I agree with the pick, but the statement was very broad. Okay, all right. So we've got oh, boy. Here, and I ruined their draft pick. Oh, Jesus Washington. Christ. Tomlin <laughs> is pissed. I ruined their pick with the Washington Red Commanders. And so I, I think they're going to go with the quarterback here no matter what because any quarterback is considered a mobile compa- co- quarterback compared to uh, – Ben Roethlisberger, who is as slow as a sloth on sedatives, so I, <laughs> I, I think they're going to go with Desmond Ritter here. Really? Yeah, I wanted to say Kenny Pickett just because of the Pittsburgh comparability. Right, right. The, I think the small hand thing, which hand size does not matter, ladies. Uh, so I think it's just I think they're going to go with Desmond Ritter. Okay. Damn. All right. That's shocking. That's two just shocking picks at quarterback for this mock. I. <laughs> And two absolute shockers. Believe it or not, I am not an owner of a football team, so just, just. Well, hey, it's okay. The football teams fuck it up without our help, anyways. So I know, I (laughs) know they're the come, come, come rags. So yeah, yeah, man, I am. Damn, that's a shocker. That's incredible. I love that pick, Gange. Thank you. I appreciate. At least it wasn't Bailey Zappi. Oh no, Sam! Don't do what I I think you're gonna do with this pick. I have a couple more picks coming up, so hold on. So, this pick. New England Patriots, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, New England Patriots pick 21. I want to give them a wide receiver, but I don't want to doom a wide receiver to just, like, the abyss that is the Patriots history of being drafted wide receiver. But I don't really see, like... I don't really have a strong feeling about, you know, any of the edge guys or remaining, like, linebackers. I don't, I don't have – like, I'm not a huge Devin Lloyd guy. Now, granted, I think that um, the Patriots probably are. And I think it's really more of a Patriots MO to go with Devin Lloyd. I will say this part of the draft is a little bit less of what I know currently. So I think I'm just going to go with what I'm pretty sure the Patriots would do, and that's draft a linebacker. That just feels like a very Bill Belichick pick. So I'll take Devin Lloyd here. All right. I don't disagree with that. I think Devin Lloyd is the best linebacker in the class. I do too. I I agree. For me, I think it was between Devin Lloyd and then probably Jamison Williams because that also feels like a very Bill Belichickian pick to where – you get a guy who is considered probably one of the best receivers if you would have been healthy, and you get a red shirt him this year, and then you come back with a cheap wide receiver with a year of, ex- like, not experience, but a year of learning under your belt. That seems very Belichickian. Yep. So I'm back on the clock here with the Las Vegas Raiders at 22. And what better way to replace the uh, the currently jailed Henry Ruggs, then with Chris Olave, one of the best deep threats in this year's draft. And Derek Carr doesn't like to throw to anybody unless it's Darren Waller if they're in tight coverage. So let's get Olave, who's just going to get so folding chair open that Derek Carr doesn't give a shit. He's going to throw it to him anyway. Okay, I'm going to throw out a hot take here, and this is not my hot take of the week. Um, I'm just throwing this hot, hot take here. Um, Chris Olave was the better receiver out of Ohio State. That's I don't disagree incorrect. with that. Okay, all right. I, I thought I'd get more backlash on that, but thank I, you. I do want to clarify. 
I would the only reason this pick isn't Jamison Williams is because they have to figure out they gotta pay Derek Carr here soon and Chris Olave helps you figure out how good Derek Carr is quicker. That's really it. Yeah, well, I I wish Chris Olave well, you know, this is a tough place to play in Vegas because, you know, you know. So yeah. Congratulations on your uh, prison sentence, Chris. Sorry about it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So with the Cardinals here at 23, um, it, man, I really don't know where they could go here. I feel like they're going to want to replace uh, replace some uh, uh, edge because some form of edge presence because Chandler Jones is hitting the free agency and he's 32 years old. And right. so I, I feel like Trayvon Walker is probably your best. It's just a nice compliment to J.J. Watt. So uh, – I feel I feel this is the best fit for the Cardinals. That makes complete sense. Thank you. So this is going to be a big reach, right? Like this is going to be a huge reach. Oh shit! Let me start scrolling on this page here. <laughs> um. So I really, this guy just feels like he's kind of the piece that the Cowboys need, and plus, like Jerry Jones is going to go after big names, like regardless, right? I feel like. That defense is so good, and it could just be better if they just had a dude to eat blocks, right? Like, Micah Parsons, like, if you force a double team in the middle, you get Lawrence on the outside one-on-one. You get, you know, Parsons Parsons outside one-on-one. Like, you get all these guys one-on-one. So, I'm going to draft the Dallas Cowboys Big Jordan Davis, the club yes. of that middle. And I think that really kind of opens up a lot of what the Cowboys can do. I, I agree with that completely. That's a great pick. I had Jordan Davis on several picks earlier than this, so the fact that he fell to 24 is probably a good spot. So. I know PFF is kind of, like, downgrading him on this. He just feels like well, – not not Vince Wilfork, but he feels like – well, he's the dude that, as you said, is going to take double teams, is going to stop the run, but he basically is a zero in the pass rush. But as you're saying, that's not really his job at this point. He's just yeah. going to be so good at his one role, and it's going to kind of fill something that was the only thing in this defense that they were like kind of just average at this last year. So, yeah, you, you, you make a defense that literally has no hole. He, he feel him falling feels like Malcolm Brown when he went to the Patriots like several several years ago where it's like yeah yeah Malcolm Brown is like a top fifteen type guy and then because he plays just exclusively D tackle he fell to like thirty whatever and then it's like right. wow I can't believe the Patriots got to pick one of the best defensive linemen in the draft at thirty because other teams are too top or uh, too uh, enamored with their shiny toys. This just perfectly set up for me. This is the Buffalo Bills sitting here with two wide receivers going into free agency. Or I guess you have Emmanuel Sanders going into free agency. Or you have you can cut Cole Beasley. And if I made this move, I would be much more okay doing that, especially midseason once he's back from his ACL injury. But I'm giving Josh Allen as many weapons as he possibly needs. I'm never letting that become an issue. I'm taking Jamison Williams here at 25 because he shouldn't be here at 25, in my opinion. Do you think Jamison Williams is the first receiver off the board? No, because he won't go run a 4-2-7-40. Okay. Because he's hurt. Well, yeah, if, he wasn't, if he wasn't – no, what I'm asking is if he wasn't hurt, if he didn't tear his ACL. Yes. I think eventually receiver. he would get that way, yeah. Okay. 
I think he's the one guy in this draft class. Him and so like Drake London doesn't. This is going to be super sports talk radio. Drake London doesn't necessarily have that like pizzazz. Like yeah, like the tra- like he's six five, but like yeah. Traylon Burks, like you see Debo, or like a Debo type player, and like you can kind of see like that. Like Jameson Williams, like the one dude where it's like this guy looks like special. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yep. I agree with that. All right, so with the Tennessee Titans here, uh, they are going to be in desperate need of a linebacker, considering how many of them are hitting the free agent market. But oh, that's sad. Man, I, the Titans fans, if there are any in Kansas or in the Midwest area, you're going to hate this freaking pick, and I'm sorry. But Trey McBride, uh, tight end out of Colorado. Oh, what a great pick, Beans. Yes, I, 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 I think the Titans fans are going to scream in the moment, but they don't realize how well of a pick that is. Okay, let me rephrase that. It's too early for Trey McBride, but as far as the fit to Tennessee yes. – that is an outstanding fit. I would sense. love that. It, it just makes sense there. Uh, I do think they could go with a linebacker here, but there's none in this spot that I think is worthy of that pick. So I think tight end would be the best suit for them. Yeah, I mean, one of those tight ends could just climb up the board. I mean, you never know. I mean, usually tight ends don't quite do that, but I mean, if hey, he hey, really hey, separates hey, himself – First round pick. If he if bad. he tests well at the combine after showing out at the Senior Bowl, some team's gonna take him too high. Yeah, that's just yeah. how it. That's how it always I mean, works. Kyle Pitts Back. was what was he a top ten pick last year? Well, that's okay. Fourth. That's different. Fourth. I know Kyle, that's generational. Kyle Pitts is different though. Kyle Pitts is like seems a generational tight end prospect. Trey McBride, but Trey McBride is a very good tight end. Yes. In this. Oh yeah. In this scheme, it's it. He'll he'll be a very successful tight end in this place. Yep. So, at this point for Tampa, I understand that, you know, people want Tom Brady to come back and they, like, are trying to find, like, the rabbit hole of, like, breadcrumb trails that, of how he's coming back. Um, I just don't subscribe to that at all. And I think you're kind of getting it to this point where, especially in this draft, we've only had three quarterbacks go and – with the way this board is shuck out, honestly, I don't have Desmond Ritter over either of the next two guys, either Matt Kraut or Kenny Pickett. Personally, I don't. And so I think just kind of with the way the draft has presented itself, you're kind of getting your choice between one guy that a lot of scouts think is the number one guy and one guy that the analysts think is the number one guy. So you have a chance to take you know, the one of the top quarterbacks at pick 27, and I think you just kind of have to do it, right? Yeah. I know that's not I, listed as one of their needs, and they'll probably trade for someone, but we don't know that right now. So I would say, personally, I'm going to give them Kenny Pickett, oh. mainly because I'm concerned about Matt Corral's durability. That's the okay. main reason. If injuries were off, we're playing Madden injuries are off, Matt Corral's the pick for me. I think he's just better in general. I think Kenny Pickett's pretty mid, but I think Kenny Pickett kind of like he flashes kind of that Tom Brady boring style of play. He's got some mobility to him. And in Florida where the weather doesn't get too cold, and I know this is dumb because I'll have to go play on the road somewhere that's cold, but small hands aren't going to matter as much. So I think you got to take Kenny Pickett here at 27 personally. 
I got no issue with that. I like how you phrase that too, because it is between the guys that all of the analysts, oh, did you just didn't watch what Kenny Pickett did this year at Pitt, completely ignoring the first four years of his career. And yeah. then you have a more complete career that the scouts love from Matt Corral, and they just really like what they see. The As you said, the durability issues, and then just the fact that the offense he ran was pretty simple. But yeah. I, I thought that was a really good way to put it. Matt Corral is more of a RPO-style offense, and – the right. Bears don't really have that style in them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to go with more of a traditional style QB here. Yep. Would you have I taken mean, Des- think- Would you have taken Desmond Ritter here if he was available? No, I Desmond Ritter. I don't. I think for me, I don't think I can see Tampa really taking Corral. I don't think that's really their type of quarterback. I think they'd be looking. I know that Sam Howell run ran a lot of RPOs in college too, but I think he just projects as healthier and more like he could play in a pro style offense yeah I think there's going to be more of a learning curve with corral i think pickett's kind of the dude where it's like okay like we're gonna stick this dude in tampa and he's gonna like basically be our mac jones yeah and i i think so i think too this is an aside i think guys that are like that like mac jones like kenny pickett are gonna start getting pushed up draft boards for the next couple of years because I think it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, we're guaranteed this dude is just bum average. Well, we'll take guaranteed average at, on a rookie contract. You yeah, well, I mean? that's the it's the Kirk Cousins thing, right? Because, I yeah. mean, there's nothing yeah. saying that Mac Jones was all that much worse than what you're getting from Kirk Cousins. He's just significantly cheaper. I think that's kind of – can I say Jimmy Garoppolo too in that kind of sure. scenario? Jimmy Garoppolo effect? Sure, fuck it. You can say whoever you want. But. Ah, ah, okay. Uh <laughs> William McJaggerson. But I think we're just getting to a point where it's possible that, like, dudes who you're pretty confident will translate to the pros as average will start going up draft boards just because you're guaranteed to get average. Yep. And now 28, I'm on the clock with the Packers, and Bernard Raymond is still on the clock, a tackle – I know um, – good God, I'm having a brain fart. Their tackle that was hurt the whole year. Oh, that um, guy. That one guy. David Bakhtiari. Uh, yes, Bakhtiari, yes. I know he's outstanding. He's hurt. And regardless, if he's completely back and healthy, you can just move Raymond in to guard. You can uh, – the good thing about taking a tackle is they give you kind of some versatility on where you can use him. But I just think he's the best offensive lineman left on the board. And regardless of which quarterback you're building around – I want to make sure that that's short up, especially if it's a 39 or however year old Aaron Rodgers. Yep, totally. so, with, yeah. so with the Miami Dolphins here, um, with the new uh, coach that they got and the way that they have been trending towards their offense and everything, it it's just screaming running back here. <laughs> oh, know. no. Yeah. Beans, this is, no. This Beans. Is, they had the worst <laughs> offensive line in PFF history, only beating out the Panthers from this year. I'm kidding. God damn. Jesus. Okay. Oh, thank God. Give me I wanted some credibility. Give me Trevor Penning out of Northern Thank Iowa. God. <laughs> I, I about hard aneurysm that. there. I'm sorry for people listening, but I had to save us. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to start running that San Francisco offense, it makes sense to start building up the offensive line. Considering yeah, they also just whiffed on offensive line. Uh, I could have gone with Green here, but I think their tackle need is 
more superior than the interior. So, so beans, what what running back would you have taken? Honestly, I clicked I clicked on the running back tab on PFF and I said, "Holy fuck, none of these guys." Okay. So, <laughs> so you just thought position and then looked at the position the people available and were like, "Oh wait, no, these guys suck." Yeah, if you had to take one though, beans, who is it? Who who who's your number one back in this draft? You get number one. Why back? is it Brees Hall? Okay, are you asking me or Gavin? I'm asking uh, you because you were the one who brought up running backs. Okay, well, all right. Um, well, PFF has Kenneth Walker here. Um, Clowns. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, but um, give me um, uh, I'm gonna just throw out a name here. Uh, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I honestly don't care. I honestly he doesn't care. Running, he hates running. Running they're backs all the don't, same. Running backs don't. Well, okay, running backs matter, but they're. Continue, continue. All right, we got the Chiefs, guys. This is a fun day. All right, so can we all agree that the Chiefs are in a weird situation where they're going to need a lot of help in a lot of aspects? And with six picks in the draft, I think – okay, Uh, Brett Veach has never not had six picks in an NFL draft. I I just want to point that out. So I think he's going to utilize all six picks and not trade away. And so I think they will be sitting here at 30. Um, I I think we're absolutely like trading down. I think that's kind of our mo. I feel like trading yeah, right? down, man. Ooh. I mean, that's like how we got Chris Jones. I mean, like I mean, I understand like Brandon okay, talked, but like we did that and got Brandon Speaks. I, I feel like we're gonna be taking more bites of the apple. I, is what I'm I, saying. I'm, I'm under the impression we're gonna cut for. Let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way. They cut Frank Clark. We're saving. Yeah, probably. We're cutting Frank Clark. Yeah. So. In that situation, you're needing edge, but you still have Devontae Walker here, which are needing somebody, some help on the defensive line. I, I don't think, I do think Naughty's coming back, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. They can sign some veteran in t- inside just to play one or two downs, you know, every other possession. So uh, I think edge help is very much a necessity, but on, okay, hold on. Before I know I'm on a long rant here, Jalen Petrie is very underrated. And, Mock me all you want. I think he's a very underrated cornerback in this draft. I I, no, don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I corner was one. Can we whittle, let's whittle this down to positions first? Is corner? Oh, hold on, hold on. Ed, here okay. We go, here okay. we go. Here's another scenario I want to play out, and I know this is kind of taking a shit ton of direction. I'm sorry, I'm a little hammered right now. Uh, hear me <laughs> out. We don't sign Tyron Matthew, and we move Lejerry need to safety. I just, uh, dude, I feel like he's just our best corner. We can't just be yeah. our corner. But if Jalen Petrie, ava- just... Petrie is available in this spot, wouldn't that make that transition a whole hell of a lot easier? Yeah, but then you can just have two corners and sign, like, a veteran safety. Right. You can just get a free safety that just goes and stands back there and high points, deep balls. That anyone are but Dan Sorensen, right? No, they're gonna resign Dan Sorensen. Dude, fuck off. <laughs> Dan Sorensen needs to be out of here like five years ago. I, I, I don't know. Also, I hate Dan Sorensen. But, so, but Tarvis Ward, uh, he's his contract is up. Mike Hughes, his contract is up. We have uh, DeAndre Baker, uh, but yeah. who, who knows where he's at mentally and physically? Uh, and it's it's hard to say. Uh, that's why I feel like a Jalen Petrie here. He can play safety. He played. He has some snaps at the uh, safety position here. If I look here real quick, he actually he played more in the box than anything. Yep. 
So, which is which is also the similar to what we've done a lot with uh, Tyron Matthew Tyron, and yeah. Daniel Sorensen yeah. and how, how big is he? Like, I, I I don't know him that six foot one ninety seven. I don't know if you can play much box in the NFL that size though. I know Tyron does it right, but Tyron he does it, and he did it right, and he's shorter than six foot. So well, I I understand that Tyron is like. Tyron's so, different though, right? Like he you know, was the not... quarterback. He was the quarterback of that defense. And if we're kind of moving somewhere, I feel like uh, I feel like Jalen Petrie is my answer. So okay, so I, I just want to get this out of the way. There's no way in hell. And if the yeah, if the Chiefs draft a wide receiver in the first round, I'm gonna be livid. Just livid. There's no reason for the Chiefs to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Like. Wide receiver two on the Chiefs is worthless, so we should fill it with someone worthless, right? Don't disagree. I think they're going to when you can take a wide receiver later. I think the free agency market is going to be more uh, wide receiver based for the Chiefs. Yes, and like that's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming we find a different way to fill wide receiver. Yeah, I think I think we hit that with. I think when you look at it, offensive line is good outside of maybe right tackle, but like that's probably that's we can fill that. Quarterback is good. We're not drafting a running back here. Wide receiver, I don't think we should fill. Tight end's good. So offense is good. Um, but, like, the defense at all three levels, I feel like, does need some help. And I just feel like we should go edge here. But the only thing that gives me cause for pause to go with edge is the deep edge class, Right. So maybe that's where we go edge-wise and maybe we do take that corner. I know I've been complaining about our secondary for forever, so you kind of talked me into just going secondary. You're welcome. I I agree with what Bean said, and I'd be okay with us going with a versatile uh, secondary player. Let me just present a secondary option. Because we've released Anthony Hitchens, we're going to need edge help. Brian Asamoah is one of the most, one of, if not the most, athletic linebackers in this class. Sideline to sideline guy that can can do coverage, but kind of specializes as the downhill uh, downhill run stopper. He's athletic enough that allows him to play coverage, but he also can play on the edge. And so you kind of, I don't want to say address two spots, but you get a guy that has the versatility to help you in multiple spots just in a different spot than what uh, the safety safety guy does. That, that would does be- kind of feel – you know what? I think I think that's probably the pick I'm going to settle on. Or so we, we settle on because – Are we calling him a linebacker or an edge? Whatever we need him to be. That's the, but, that's but the, the beautiful But the thing part. is, are we going to spend another top 100 pick on a linebacker? Yeah, but linebacker and edge isn't the same thing. Well, right. Then why, I, not I go with why not go with Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State? Because I think Brian Osamoa is better. Okay, well, that's a good point. <laughs> um, I, I think for me, right, and the reason I'm going to lean Brian Osamoa, I think both you made two good arguments, and I think we've had a lot of discourse. So, Sam, you are, the, you are the tiebreaker here. Yeah, so what I think is pers- – I'm going to go with Osamoa, and I'm going to go with why I feel that way, right? I think that that's going to happen because I think, one, the Chiefs' MO is drafting guys that are, like, versatile. Like, you know, Greenland speaks as a dude where it's like, oh, that guy could stand up. He could put his hand in the dirt. 
Like, again, I know Greenland Speaks wasn't good, but, like, you kind of see, like, what they were going for there. Like They were also in a different style. They were 3-4, and now they're in a 4 But their talks of going back to the 3-4, so maybe if they are returning back to that 3-4 defense, the Brian Osamoa does make sense. Yeah, and I think it just kind of t- comes down to someone – it wouldn't surprise me if Osamoa got drafted earlier because I think someone's going to see look, go look at Michael Parsons and be like, oh, well, you see, you got this, uh, you know, linebacker who's super athletic and he can play both linebacker and on the edge. You know, Who, he, he who is like, the linebacker that tested out like crazy and went to the football team last year? Um, uh, Jamin Davis. It's Jay oh, Davis. Jamin Davis. Davis. Yeah. Jamin no. Davis out of Kentucky. Brian Osamoa is going to – like Jamin Davis, but actually be a good football player because he has a background of playing football well to back it up that Jamin Davis really just didn't have. I'm gonna go with Osamoa basically because if the Chiefs go four three or three four, he can play both. And I mean, he it just feels like a Spags guy. All right, well I'm gonna go drink. I'm gonna go drink in the corner and cry because we just let a really good corner go. Wait, no, but, okay. oh wait. Oh, I have this next pick. Perfect. This is going to be super fast. They need offensive line. There's a guard at the top of the board. I'm taking Kenyon Green. We can move on. Yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, no, wait, hold on. They'll go with Oh, that was for the Bengals, by the way. That's why it was so fast, because their offensive line is fucking ass cheeks. Hold on. Literally Make any on... offensive lineman. If they're Make draft argument... eligible, they're on the board. Make an argument why they would take Sky Moore in this situation. What? Um... <laughs> I'm kidding, what, I'm kidding. What is the – okay, no, let's actually formulate it. What is the argument? Um, They took Jamar Chase and made it to the Super Bowl last year, so if they take another receiver, they'll win it this year. Exactly. Yeah. It's a flawless strategy. There. Boom. See, so your arguments um, are valid. And no, Kenyon Drake is the right – or Ken, not Kenyon Drake. Shit. Kenyon Green. Green, Green is the right pick in this situation. Any best available offensive lineman, take it. Yep, I don't think it matters if they're the best available offensive line. They can just take any offensive line. <laughs> okay, hold on, body. hold on. For the first time in NFL history, a team has drafted nothing but offensive linemen. I'm not even joking. If they, I don't know how many picks the Bengals have, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not for certain. But if they have like standard seven, like I wouldn't even be mad if I was a Bengals fan and they took offensive linemen, like half the no, offensive linemen. That, yep. that, that's kind of the standard. So I'd tell you seven, I took, wouldn't care. Like, one, I think I would actually be fucking pissed, even, <laughs> even if it was the first round pick. Yep. All right, with the Detroit Lions, I think this is. That's you, Beans. Yep. Shit. Is Beans oh. going to take a quarterback? Yep. I love Beans? Sam Howell going to this spot in real life. By the I, way, in real life, yes. But and I went with a defensive player, Aiden Hutchinson, the first time around. And uh, in in all honesty, I man, they do. Man, I'm kind of biting my tongue here because I really don't want to take a quarterback here. But they're going to take a quarterback. I I think I think they're going to. Means this is worth note worth throwing in here. You get the fifth year option if you take a quarterback here, and you. I know, and that's why I think they're going to give Matt Corral a chance. So I. I think they're going to try and give Matt Corral a chance here to uh, recoup. Uh, oh, my God. We had how many quarterbacks go in the first round? This mock is useless. Five. Yeah, exactly. Five. I would say Carson <laughs> Strong. I would say Carson Strong, too, but that guy is immobile. And medicals. Medicals are bad. Medicals, medicals are bad. 
Yeah, so just take Matt Carell. They need a quarterback. All right. Perfect. So, Sam, your celebrity pick. Celebrity pick for the Jags is going to be a wide receiver because the 33rd overall pick always seems to be a wide receiver how some way. I don't. And it always works. It. Well, not always. Like Brian Quick got drafted 33rd one year or something like that. Good hit but rate. I think, you know, you know, you've protected Trevor Lawrence, and now you need to give him an actual weapon because he was throwing to DJ Shark for, like, barely any time before he got hurt and he might the agency. Uh, he was throwing to Laquan Treadwell, who was a, you know, notorious draft bust. He was throwing to Marvin Jones, who is old as hell, and an ex corner in Jamal Agnew. So, you know, those were his top <laughs> targets. I think, you know, you kind of have to start thinking around – Looking on the draft board, you got Sky Moore, Todd Dotson, Jalen Gilbert. And I think down to for me is I you're looking at George Pickens or Justin Ross, and both of them have their own field issues, whether it's George Pickens' attitude and ACL injury, or whether it's Justin Ross's near career ending neck injury. And so I think it's gonna be one of the two. And I think we're gonna go with I think it's going to be George Pickens just because he came back and looked decent at the end of the season and I just I just can't foresee how Justin Ross's neck is gonna come back like right it's weird too because you're talking about two separate things with these guys I'm not concerned about the ACL as much as the like personal problems that have came out with George Pickens, Justin Ross, it's purely, it's not an ACL. It's purely a, like, I was told that I shouldn't play football anymore type of problem. I would say if Justin Ross just like blew his knee up, like Jamison Williams did, then Trevor Lawrence would probably lobby to have him back. And I think like the Jags, if they could take him, you know, later in the draft would probably do it. If you thought like the fourth round, probably. Yep. But I think at this point, you need to take the guy who has the best chance at being that number one. And George Pickens, George Pickens without an ACL tear and having a good season this year would have been in the top half of our mock draft. He probably would have been like the second white. He probably would have been getting drafted over Traylon Burks. I like how you put that too, because the guys, I know PFF fucking like loves Sky more, but guys that you consistently actually see drafted high, like Jahan Dotson, even Jalen Tolbert, don't really profile to have the size to be that prototypical number one guy. And Trevor Lawrence liked to throw to big receivers. It's what he threw mm-hmm. to in college, whether it was Justin Ross, T. Higgins, or even Cornell Powell later on. Um, he just likes that big-bodied receiver, and I think that that's a great scheme fit. Regard, I, It's a good scheme fit to give him one of those guys and skip over the Dotsons and Tolbert was my main point. Yeah, there. and I mean, like, there's a place for the Dotsons and the Tolberts, and I mean, like, th- those guys, like, we're, we're not saying that those guys can't be number Like, Deshaun Jackson was number one, but I mean, like, it just, George Pickens has more traits, and if I'm an NFL GM and I can get over his, like, off-field issues and I can get over his medicals, then George Pickens is the dude who has the best traits to pro. And yep. if you give Trevor Lawrence an actual number one receiver in this draft and you give him an actual left tackle, then you finally started moving in the right direction. Yep. 
no, I completely agree. And that was beautiful, guys. I'm very proud of us. There was a lot of uh, confusion, a lot of emotions, a lot of a roller coaster of a mock draft there, especially for Mike Tomlin. We really got to check on him. But Mike so, Tom- just to recap the draft, um, I'm going to list off the 33 picks that we made real quick. That way, anyone who's just tuning in can, you know, get it. So we have Evan yep. Neal, Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley, Kevon. Those Sam Howell at six, Charles Cross at seven. Um, dude, whose name I can't pronounce. North David Njabu. Yep, there we go. David Njabu, Drake London, Malik Willis, Ahmad Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Trent McDuffie, George Carlefis, Tyler Lindebaum, Andrew Booth, and Burks, Nicobe Dean, Desmond Ritter at twenty, Devin Lloyd, Chris Olave, Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Jamison Williams, Trey McBride. Kenny Pickett, Bernard Raymond, um, Trevor Penning, Ryan Osamoa, Kenyon Green, Matt Corral, and to close it off in the second round, George Pickens. So I guess I asked you guys one thing before draft. Um, what pick did you like about and what pick did you hate? Uh, does it have to be our own or can it be somebody else's? It can be any, any picks. picks. All right. Well, not to toot my own here, horn. Uh, sorry. Bush light talking. Uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but the Washington Red Commanders here. Um, the Malik Willis pick. I like that one. Um, I I'm gonna give both of mine real quick here. I love Trey McBride going to Tennessee. I just don't like it in the first round. Um, I that was the pick I felt the worst about at the time. I again love the love the player, love the fit. I just want to see that just later on when it's no, no I don't think he's that good a player I think you passed up on some great players at that point that could have helped you more um the pick that I love the most um I, you know what fuck it I'm giving two picks that I hated because Desmond Ritter going to Pittsburgh feels like just a lateral movement from like you I I know Big Ben was like really bad Big Ben was like a bad NFL starter last year. That's about where he was, like 31, 32 in the NFL, somewhere in there. Desmond Ritter is a senior, and he's going to come in, not develop a whole lot more, and just be that at like kind of his best. I'm going to be honest, though. The the Panthers pick here taking Sam Howell, Sam, that was you, really fucked it up here. So, (laughs) yeah, but that goes beamed. And well, also, you, just because just because I made it like this to this, make every mock draft that's ever been made during this entire season, like I don't care. <laughs> okay. No, I loved it, Sam. It really threw us for a also, loop, especially well, since you know, made I that know, pick. Like, just think I about it. Hold on, I still have a bone to pick with you for picking Brian Osamoa for the Chiefs, but we'll talk about this in the. Oh man, we can we can talk about it later. Um, I just want you to think about the Sam Howell pick. Right? would go under one of the ones I hate the most because I don't think you should draft any of these quarterbacks in the top 10. I just think the Panthers would do it because they have to save their jobs. Yeah, but and they're I mean, dumb. Yes, and they're dumb. But, I mean, if, if I if I told you, hey, you have to draft a quarterback to save your job, like Sam Howell's the one that I want to go with. I mean, yep. I'm on record on this podcast saying Malik Willis is the one I would draft. Like, there was a gun to my head. But, like, that doesn't mean I think he's the most pro- I think Malik Willis can be better than Sam Howe. I think he has better traits than Sam Howe. 
but and I think he just, his ceiling just higher. But plus, also like he played it in North Carolina. Like, of course, he's going to go to the Panthers. Like that's how the NFL teams think sometimes. Not. Not to derail us too much from this, but I just heard something about like quarterback evaluation that I loved the other day. There was this guy talking about Zach Wilson as a prospect, and he basically just said he's a dual threat guy that's still looking for a single threat. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I'm sorry if you said that. I can't quote you, but I I love applying that type of thinking. Uh, Malik Willis is a pure runner. He has a single threat. Do not try and tell me that he's actually prepared for the NFL as a passer. He he has a big arm. That's that's it. He has a big yep. arm and has legs. But so I believe it. it's time for our next segment, Sam, since we're running a little long here. Might yeah, as well. we, are get, we are running a little long. So let me just say, uh, hate the Desmond Ritter pick. Uh, just hate it. Okay. You're welcome. Desmond, I, I am and I hate, proud. I hate the Chris Olave pick. Not because I hate uh, you know, Chris Olave as a player. It's just I like Chris Olave, which he didn't have to go, you know, to that's in Vegas. Yep. Um, but yeah, um in terms of pick I like Bengals because line. <laughs> <laughs> it really is that simple sometimes. It it really is. God, could you imagine if they didn't take an offensive line in the first round? Oh, All dude, right. I'm telling you, if they take a wide receiver here, oh, oh shit. <laughs> it'd be as for two. Like, people just forget they have freaking Tyler Boyd. Just, like, big chilling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, you know, that whole just went with the hot take of the week, but we're, we're going to keep doing hot take of the week to close it out. I, Beans has won. He hasn't, like, actually – Specify really what it is. <laughs> you literally so wrote in the show sheet. Beans has one. So we're gonna say that was the last. I don't know if it's super hot or not. I don't know if it's the best hot take, but we're gonna say it's the last, and we're gonna start with Gavin's hot take because Gavin seems like um relevant to the way that the show has been going today. So, yeah, we Gavin, talked about. Go ahead. Uh, we talked about this early on, and I don't want to hang on this too long because this isn't. This is a hot take. Uh, in terms of, like, it isn't the way that it currently is. Um, but I really feel like this is a pretty popular feeling. And let me just preface it with this. I was a student athlete at the collegiate level. I had to go through the recruiting process and going to a place and being happy that I just had a had the ability to do that. All of those things. Was I the best? No. But at the same time, like, and, and I understand that sometimes a player has to do what is best for the player. But the amount of power that we have given 18 to 21-year-olds in the sports world is just kind of out of control right now. The way the transfer portal is set up, there's absolutely zero loyalty. I'm not, I'm not saying that a 18-year-old needs to decide, um, needs to just go to a school and decide this is what it's going to be and be stuck there for four years. Cause we tell them to do that with their uh, fucking major. They decide for college, but we let them change that just willy nilly. So why shouldn't they be able to do that with their school? But the, the other issue with that is you just get guys that are just not very good or need to develop or just are not in the best situation. But the problem is you can't tell what, what, uh, what players are in a bad situation versus are just a problem 
because they're all transferring. Every single one is exploiting it for their own benefit, and it's just created – it's taken a lot away from the sports world. I don't really want to dive too much more into it because I'm sure most people believe with me – or believe the same thing as me, but it's sad, and I really do wish and hope in the future that it can change. Well, I kind of agree with this, too, because it's kind of created, like, almost every school's JUCO school now. It, it's really lost its value for junior colleges. Yeah, I don't, I don't even care about the – like, the. I, I understand what, you, what you're saying with it feels like a junior college, but it's just because everything feels short-term, right? Yes. There's no there's no, yeah. no There's no loyalty to your program, which loses loyalty and fans, too. There, there's yes. no, yes. like – there's no waking up and landing that like four star recruit when you're a team like K State and then having them sit for like two years, like redshirt sit a second year, and then come year where they're like one of the best players in your team because it just feels like you redshirt the kid and then he's just gone. He he's off to wherever or like there, there's just it doesn't feel like there's any consistency. Like whenever. And it's such a weird balance because, like, the athletes are the ones that make the money, so you feel like they should be able to do whatever, and you feel like you should have the power. It's just really weird that we give kids who can't even drink yet, like, this amount of, you know what I mean? Like, Not only that, but, like, because I agree with that. We can't drink, but we're giving them this amount of power. But at the same time, I'm or you make money at your job, but the boss still makes the decisions. And for some reason in the sports world, it's viewed completely differently. I, I know that it's a game and these players are doing this. It's a lot to believe me. I know it's a lot of fucking work, but at the same time, there's still got to be some sort of infrastructure, some sort of hierarchy here or where the power is, divvied down instead of just across the board because <laughs> I don't trust an 18-year-old to decide what's best for his life because if you're listening to this podcast, we probably all made mistakes when we were 18 years old because mm-hmm. we were 18 fucking years old. I think the two things that I want to end it with, at least on my end, is one, I think I don't think any of us think that like being able to transfer is bad, right? Um, I don't think any of us have that feeling. I think it's just more of a, we miss the way that it used to be. And this is very, you know, get off my lawn-ish and everything. But, like, we we miss the fact that we get to see, like, these guys come in and we we miss them growing up, right? It's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you have kids and then your kids grow up and you get to watch them do all these things and you get proud of them by the end of it. Well, this is now kind of like you raise your kid for a little bit and you get to see him do some stuff. And then the kid goes and you know, li- starts living with their dad, you know, that divorced you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and leave and you get to see him do stuff like, you know, it's all it's all funny. It's all cool. Like you still get to see like that guy who transferred away, you know, be successful. And it's cool to see it from the outside, but it's not like anymore. And then the second thing is that's really just concerning is when we get to the point where suggesting guys like Deuce Vaughn, who's like one of the better running backs in the Big 12, I would say probably the best one right now, and guys like Nigel Pack, who is potentially a first-team Big 12 back. When we start getting to the point where we're saying like, oh, you can just transfer away from like K-State or like this other Power 5 school to go to a Power 5 school so that way you can get more money off of name, image, and likeness and whatnot. Like at that point, 
then like the magic is just completely gone or like the esteem of college sports because then it's just it's just there's like the select group of teams and then everyone else is like a feeder system on the way down you know what i mean yeah and i i don't want to stay on again i don't want to stay on this too much longer and we can go to your thing next year sam but i didn't even touch on nil deals but i and i i understand that they do deserve to get paid for their name, image, and likeness, because fair is fair. But at the same time, a college athlete is already getting paid. You're getting paid for an education. And I'm sorry if you believe that you're going to just go on to the next step. But the reality is most people don't. And you are you are getting paid currently. You are getting checks that are taking off your school bills. That is reality. But Okay, we can go to yours, Sam. We'll talk, you know, we'll talk about name manager like this another time. This won't be the last time. So, so mine is a hot take of not like super epic proportions. And I'm just going to phrase it like this. I personally think that Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes are not instructed, but are given the license by Patrick to just be annoying and as weird as possible. So that way, when Patrick has, like, bad games, the internet will just hate on those two instead, and Patrick gets basically less internet hate. I think that those two are just odds to the point where everyone likes Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes gets sympathy from having to live with two people who are perceived as annoying as that. Uh, I, I don't disagree with That's that. genius. That's I've genius. never thought about that before, but that makes so much sense because it's, accepting that human beings can be that stupid and that weird and that dumb is really difficult. So that makes more sense and makes me happier. I, like, seriously, like, again, this is a stupid, this is, like, kind of a weird hot take. But Barstool ever, like, so Barstool, anytime that Jackson Mahomes or Brittany like, does anything weird, we'll, like, post about it, right? And, like, that's usually how I see, like, they've done something weird or disrespectful or just whatever. Has Barstool ever, like, actually posted anything, like, hateful towards, like, Mahomes himself? Like, genuinely. Like, I did after, like, the playoff game. I'm but sure that they made fun of his voice or something. They made fun of his voice at one point. Yeah, well, who hasn't? But, like, the thing is, like, <laughs> when you go onto the internet, like, when Mahomes just was awful in the second half against the Bengals, like, people are making fun of Brittany just as much as Pat was, like, saying about how she doesn't get a spread campaign or whatever the hell. Or making fun of the fact that she made some charity because of this champ. Like, all this stuff. And it but, just feels but, like on, those two are just sent out there to just get fucking hated on so Pat doesn't have to deal with it. The the, the fact that Brittany Mahomes champagne the living hell out of everybody in the stands, which, by the way, they came out and said that that was okay, but that took away from the light of the fucking performance that he put on for that second half in overtime. That was a that was a whole game in the Yeah, last but is, is that not just like a product of what? I mean, so I I hear you on that and why that might, you know, take away from the hot take. But, like, isn't that just, like, a product of, like, the um, – because, like, you don't, you don't see that on, like, ESPN, though. Like, the whole thing with, like, Mahomes is you see all the highlights on ESPN, and then, like, the internet just keeps hating on Britney. Like, n- no one gives a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that – Twitter like, always has to find somebody to hate. Yeah. Like, and so instead of, like, hating on Patrick Mahomes for winning the coin toss, you know, 
and like he should have beaten Josh Allen. Suddenly the internet's like, oh, look at this dude's fiance and how dumb dumb of a broad she is. Ha ha, look at look at this girl. Look but at it, Jackson Mahomes TikTok dance. Like when we, when we lost was, to the when we lost to the Bengals, like a lot of the comments were about how oh, Jackson Mahomes can't do a TikTok dance now. Ha ha ha. Like it, but like, if, I, if Giselle did the same thing, would it be on Twitter? Would it be out there the, like the that? only time that Giselle when she like called out Wes Welker for like dropping that pass, she said about how her husband can't throw and catch the pass, and that got kind of big. But then, like, she hasn't said anything since. Yeah, that's Sam's point, though, is you don't hear anything from him, but you don't really. It doesn't matter because Tom Brady is Tom Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady also was off the internet, so there's no hating Tom Brady. He's off the internet. Like Mahomes also is actually fair. on the internet. Very. Cool. I don't know. Again, it's it's a hot take. It's a weird take. Yep. Moral um, of the story is unless you're Jameis Winston and just create your own love, uh, like Trevor Lawrence, you need to go find yourself something, some meat shield for the internet. Dude, okay. Uh, one thing about Jameis Winston, I don't know how Jameis Winston has gotten – Jameis Winston's like so unironic, like just in himself. He has done so many stupid things that I can't believe that the internet is just like forgotten and forgave. Like he – he got suspended for like half a season because of a sexual assault charge, and people just brush that off. Cause dude like runs through the uh like pad machine or whatever with the running backs one time. It's so freaking. But <laughs> so you're saying if Deshaun Watson does the same thing, he is okay. I'm telling you, Deshaun Watson gets traded to like wherever starts being quirky and funny. The internet literally will not care that he potentially assaulted twenty. Yep, I I agree with that completely. But all right, wait. Beans, what is your one? Yep, he has right. the one. What is All your right. hot take, Beans? Okay, so a sandwich cut down the middle is smaller than a sandwich cut diagonally. I think we should end this podcast right here with this one. <laughs> I Wait a second. I can't, Prove me wrong. That, I can't believe that this is the hot take that we, like, saved for the end of the show. Yeah, that was very. You should have told us that it was like it needed to go first, Beans. You should have stopped us. So no, we didn't. Prove me wrong. Is a sandwich not cut diagonally? A sandwich cut diagonally is bigger than the one that is cut down the middle. In terms Which one of would you what? Pick? Like total sandwich? Beans, I actually think the opposite is true. Really? What do you mean? Like in terms of total sandwich? Yeah. So, like, if you look at okay, so if you have two sandwiches on a table. One is cut down the middle, and one is cut diagonally. Which one are you taking? Well, the, the one – so the what for one, they're the same size. Like, no, 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 no. The exact same size. But they're not. The, the, they are the same size. If it's the same, Here. The same bread, it, they're the same. If, no, hang on. Sandwich should be smaller because more of the sandwich would get onto the – because the hypotenuse is the longest. I think that's what your brain is doing to you, Beans. Is your the like this area of sandwich that you like size of sandwich? That's what makes it bigger. Okay, no, I'm gonna settle. I gotta settle this by bringing on a uh, special guest here, who's actually a uh, specialist when it comes to a uh, thing like this. So, uh, oh, Sarah, God. can you come here and can you come here and settle this debate for us? So, Beans, I'm going to need you to yep. – actually, so everyone, uh, this is Sarah Pattison. She was actually uh, currently working away when I was recording this podcast in the kitchen, so she's perfect to answer <laughs> the question. Beans, can you repeat your hot take for Sarah? 
Okay, a sandwich cut down the middle is smaller than a sandwich that is cut diagonally. A lot of pot. There was a long silence there. <laughs> that that. I think you need to repeat it. No, okay. I heard him. Oh, okay. Um, it wouldn't it be half either way? <laughs> yes. No, it, it's, it's the bigger. same about a sandwich. <laughs> but it appears. Either way, it it's appears 50%. bigger. If you said it appears bigger, I'd like. Well. I mean, every bigger. bit of appearance I can get. So I think I think it is bigger. I mean, if you look at a sandwich, I am picking the one that is diagonally cut because it looks bigger. Well, well that's not that. What no means you you've changed you move to make yourself not sound like a fucking idiot. No, no, I no. will. I still stand. <laughs> I will agree I with you, Logan. I still because... stand by the fact that it is cut diagonally and it is bigger. It is a bigger, like, beads. Okay, if you have, like, a two-by-two square, right, and you cut it down the middle, right, so you have a one-by-two, and you have two of those, you add it up, it's, you know, the the area is four. It, and cut it down the middle, you would, you would take a base time, time divided by two. So the base would be two, and the uh, height would be two, that's four divided by two is two, so both the so it's still four. Yeah, I guess we can agree to disagree. <laughs> I think they're an idiot. I will agree, Beans. Go ahead. Beans, Sarah. if I if someone distributed a sandwich to me and it was cut down the middle, I wouldn't eat it. It would have thank to be cut diagonally because I'd just be you. like, "You're just stupid. I don't trust that your sandwich actually tastes good." Thank you. Thank you. That, but that's, that's the, but they are definitely take. <laughs> I, yeah, but no, they're definitely both half of the sandwich. So we should replace Bean's hot take of the week with Bean's genuine confusion moment of the week. <laughs> can we Bean's make dumb can we make this a week. segment? Can we make this a segment from now on? Because I have a note. Yeah, hot take of the week. It's just, it. me, it's just me and Gavin now, Beans. You're you're bringing in the. Uh, <laughs> Thought-provoking question of the week. No, no, guys, I am not shitting. I have a, I have a notes bo- a section for this. I have. Oh, at least dude, a- you gotta be fucking kidding! No, hey, dude, folks. Whole this. Can I? You can know I do one more? Sure, beans. Why not? This is already long enough, so why not? Okay, so like, I have like a whole notes app full of like questions and like what comes in my head. Like I'm, you know, shower thoughts or something. So, okay, yeah, uh, beans and shower thoughts. Didn't want to think about that, but it's okay. No, it's, it's, I'm very clean. I'm a very cleanly person. <laughs> okay, so, mm, why don't we eat penguins? They look, they really do look delicious. Like, if you had a fried penguin, I think they would be very good. Probably because they live in fucking Antarctica. <laughs> but I think a fried penguin they would be have very so much delicious. Fat on them, right? I think they'd be delicious. Okay, like, not like call it, this one is stupid like the sandwich one. This one is thought provoking. Um, exactly. So, See, I'm not all, I'm not like all stupid, but like I have like so good thoughts. I, I wonder how much of a penguin is actually like edible, right? Because you would think there's a lot of fat on a penguin because it lives in Antarctica, and that makes sense. And I wonder how like thick feathers are in terms of like how much like so when you see a big plump penguin like you did. How much of that 
actual potential edible penguin? And how much is like feather? So I, I, I feel like people have these, though, right? Somewhere. Actually, I, I, I feel know. like I don't. I don't know. South Pole and penguins only live in. But they look delicious, and I love the fact that uh, our segment on our documents has already changed to Beans' shower thoughts of the week. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, Beans, you know what? Pink. Are penguins? Why? I don't think well, so. I think they're like, you know, they, they seem like a breed that would just spawn yeah. out of nowhere. I'll be like, I cat smelting stuff. So I wonder if they're like endangered or. Well, I don't know. Thing, like why yeah, we but, don't eat well, you know like dogs or whatever like we could eat dogs and some cultures choose not to but can you no i think i figured it out here so a uh, healthy adult chicken can lay an egg every 24 to 27 hours during most of the year so you get that you get that thing uh impregnated it's laying 24 to 27 chickens assuming 100 percent hatching rate can, can we, we yeah eggs no, their- but this is a capitalistic country. So when you look uh, at that as a business strategy versus, versus a penguin, which not only like I don't know if a penguin can survive here, like with how fucking hot it is during most of the year, but you also serious. have one penguin pooped out per year, as opposed to Penguins check back here. Yeah, so at the time and you're right, yeah. So you're growing twenty-four to twenty-seven chickens. Uh, or 24 to 27 eggs an hour, chickens an hour versus one penguin per year. It's just not a good business strategy. So that's probably well, it'd be why like Tyson's delicacy bad. It's pretty much it'd, it'd be like the caviar. Yeah, and it'd be it'd be one hell of a delicacy because it's also got to be shipped here from Antarctica. I I think oh, well. we figured it out then, Beans. Um, I kind of want a penguin now. I I want it. I don't think I could afford I mean, it, though. <laughs> you know what? We're going to do this once a week from now on, just for you. Folks, it only took us, you know, it only took us three weeks to decide. Hey, fun. Bullshit. Funner. <laughs> I really hope that most people make it to our penguin conversation there, because that was good stuff. That I will. Now, this, at the end of the show, is going to be the whole, like, hook like, listen to us for one to two hours every like we're gonna oh, see like a right. drop off of people listening in the middle of the show like during the draft and then pick back up during the bean segment oh they're talking I about can... sandwiches cut diagonally <laughs> beans. I, you better hope that we never go viral or this episode doesn't go viral well, no, they're going to think I'm a moron, too, because it appears that I'm getting my penguin information from uh, kingpenguin.com, which sounds like a biased source. So, <laughs> Oh, wait. King Penguin? There's penguins. Oh, not King penguins. No, that's different. I checked. Wasn't there a movie well, about penguins? Happy Feet. Um. The other happy feet. Penguins. Like it's about other animals yeah. too, but it's pretty much about penguins. There was the one uh surfs up. That was a good one too. I'd eat those penguins. Oh, yeah. They look delicious. Alright. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, we guys, derailed. We off topic. Uh let's go with parting word. Uh yeah, if you're driving drunk that or if you're driving sober, 
Uh, that means your drunk friends are in the back. So have fun with them. Uh, drive safe or, you know, don't get pulled up stuff. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm like, four, I'm like four deep right now. So yeah, you're such a white. Yeah. What you ask? Uh, I'm just kind of shocked that penguins reproduce so slowly, but they managed to survive in Antarctica. But their so bro- penguins brother, actually their ancestry brother produces faster than them. Yeah, no, seriously. So good for penguins. The fact that they've made it in Antarctica while pooping out only one penguin a year is kind of incredible. So that means chickens are the superior breed on land or word. on not. Oh, ice. that's a conversation for a different day. Oh, Ooh, right. yeah. Final word: sandwich math. <laughs> joining us for this. We hope you have a good day, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>